This podcast is part of the TPS Radio Sports Podcast Network at www.tpsradio.net. <laughs> yeah, baby. Internet day. God, I wish someone here knew about computers, because that would have gotten a laugh. Mark the Shark DeCarlo. Go ahead, make your jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. And Mr. Money on the mic, JJ Sexy. This is my boomstick. <laughs> the showdown begins now. now. guys welcome to another edition of sunday night showdown right here on the sns radio network it is i mr money on the mic jj sexay welcoming you to yet another edition another pay-per-view extravaganza by total non-stop action tna presents no surrender and of course joining me in the international headquarters of sunday night showdown casa de la sexay Ladies and gentlemen, in the house, he is Internet Dave. Yes, he is. And yes, I am. Wow. Very good, Dave. And we also have the, uh, the man known to, to drift in the very shallow waters here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark the Shark DiCarlo. JJ, did you feed Internet Dave with his in- his self intro tonight? Because it it's tonight it was twice as much as normal. I, I must have. Okay, well that's good. I'm pumped and jacked as we see Generation Me enter the uh, uh, the arena. And you know what? I have a low expectation of no surrender. No surrender tonight. The offering by TNA tonight. So if it's great, hey fantastic if it's not well i didn't expect much to begin with but uh, having said that i'm ready let's go lowered expectation oh hey you sung on key that was very good that might have been the best regular sketch that mad tv ever did well speaking of singing i think so remember the rule internet dave is not allowed to sing 
on the air here on, on the SNS Radio Network, correct? Yes, leave it to the professionals. There you go. Like me. <laughs> Mr. Karaoke himself, J.J. Sexay. Yes, and the Trey Dog, who unfortunately is not here, but... Uh, but he could phone in on the Skype line. And he may later on. You never know. You think we could get him to sing? Uh, maybe. Okay. Stranger things have happened. Jack right? Daniels is the official drink of, of Wrestling News Live, isn't it? Um, yes. Yes, oh, it is. Okay. Uh, before we go any further, guys, we, <laughs> we have four gentlemen in the ring. Uh, the Tag Team Championship is on the line. The Motor City Machine Guns, and they are defending against Generation Me. What? Yeah. For those of you not in the know, apparently there is an issue going on with Desmond Wolf and uh, Brutus Magnus. Not really sure what the thing is. I've heard conflicting reports. I've heard reports that Desmond Wolf is injured. I've heard reports that Magnus is not there. I don't know at this point who to believe, but the bottom line is we will not be seeing Desmond Wolf and Brutus Magnus versus the Guns for the titles, but we are treated to yet another flippy fuck match with Generation Me <laughs> and the Motor City Machine Guns. Yes, the um, G- Generation Me, better known as the Hardy Boys Jr. Hardy Boys 2.0, I yes. think. Um, so going into that, knowing what we know, let's go ahead and do our quick picks for this match. Internet Dave, who goes over here and why? Um, you know what? I'm going to take the Motor City Machine Guns to retain here simply because uh, London Brawling, I believe is the name of uh, Magnus and, and Wolf, uh, would have very likely not won after only a, a week or two of build-up to begin with. And my initial feeling, Shark, as, as, the, uh, as Jeremy and Max Buck walked to the ring, they seemed very disinterested, very casual, and not really playing up much to the fans. I think they know their fate, uh, and unfortunately they're portraying it to the audience. Well, as one who could write a book on being disinterested in casual internet, Dave, thank you very much for that uh, very professional segue. Um, <laughs> anyways, it's okay. I'm in a, a foul mood tonight, and I'm going to spew some venom. Nobody is safe here on the SNS Radio Network on Sunday Night Showdown. But um, my quick pick, very simply, no explanation. The guns go over. J.J. Well, and I have to make it unanimous. I can't see the, the Generation Me going over especially after that wonderful series we saw between uh, the Guns and Beer Money, the Best of Five series over the titles. I, I don't that was think fantastic, it by was. the way. It really yeah. was. So um, given the fact these guys are last-minute, you know, I guess uh, fill-ins, right. I really can't see it. I think we're going to see an interesting matchup here, and I think they'll come oh so close, but the bottom line is the Guns have to retain this title going forward. So uh, I unanimously pick the Guns as well. Yeah, and that's the key is is Generation Me has to look very, very close to winning the belts as uh, Chris Saban with his very short haircut is in the ring right now with, I believe, Jeremy Buck. Well, you know, it's funny. Before the show started, I was on Facebook and someone had said, uh, I believe it was from Headlocks to Headlines, the official news source of Sunday Night Showdown, right. had made the claim that, uh, you know, Wolf and Magnus would not be in this match and they were they were replaced by Generation Me. And my quote was that, oh, great, we get another flippy fuck wrestling match with no ring psychology. And then I said, wait a second, that's nothing new. It's TNA. Well, you, truer words were never spoken. And uh, for whatever reason, Magnus and Desmond are not in the impact zone. It seems to me, I, I read, also read over the course of uh, the last couple hours, and when I originally read it, JJ, I phoned you. And uh, the speculation was running rampant that, in fact, Wolf was at the impact zone and Brutus was not. 
and uh, whatever the case may be, I'm sure that the uh, uh, that the information will become public knowledge shortly, whether it's today or not. But uh, all that aside, we are fed an opening match of Generation Me, who, no matter what you think about them, they're two very athletic and agile young uh, wrestlers, and I find them to be exceedingly entertaining and very innovative, and the chemistry that they have with the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, is outstanding. They've worked a number of matches against each other over the course of the last few months. And, uh, you know, some people don't like the the uh, contrived um, high spot, high spot, high spot action between two teams of this nature. I find it to be very entertaining. And uh, just go with the flow, people, and quit trying to overanalyze everything that happens as we so do here on the IWC uh, on a consistent basis. And you know what? Uh, I'm turning the page, at least for myself, over the next little while and, and going to try to just casually, as a fan, sit back and watch the action. TNA, WWE, Ring of Honor, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, no matter what, what I'm watching, and quit trying to overanalyze, storyline what's going on, and let myself at least... Try to let myself be entertained, and you know what? That's a good way of looking at it. I, I as well try to do that. I got to be really honest. Uh, as most of you know, I, I do a radio show on Monday nights called Wrestling News Live. Cheap They're, plug, really? Yeah, I know. It, it's it's crazy. It's, it's the weirdest thing. And my my partner in crime, the Trey Dog, a very staunch TNA supporter, loves the product. And you know, I didn't catch Impact on Thursday live. Well, not not yeah. that it was live anyway, because it was you know a taped show. But I did. You didn't miss much. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I have watched it. I watched it last night, and, and I'm okay. going to be real honest. I I wasn't very pleased with the show. I mean, you were not impressed. I'm not impressed, and I think you and I spoke about this earlier. Yes, I really felt that the segment between the guns and Wolf Magnus and Chelsea was. I thought it was a little overdone. They tried to be funny with the you know. The penis jokes, if you will, and it just it didn't play out as well as it should have. It was too contrived, as you had said. Well, do you think that that she could have gone on Chelsea, that is, any longer about the small penis size of of Desmond Wolf? I mean, okay, one, two jokes, but oh my god! And and you know what? The chemistry be, in the spot between the four of them, I thought was was quite good. However, the incestuous jokes on a continual basis, which seemed like to go on and on, J.J., for about five or six minutes too long was too much. And uh, for whatever reason that London Brawling isn't at the show tonight, that's neither here nor there. Whomever was the producer of the spot and the segment this past Thursday on Impact let it go far too long. Yeah, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to be a, a negative Nancy here and you know, say that I freaking hate TNA because I don't. And later on tonight, uh, you know, I'm going to throw some scenarios out there that I think would improve the product, at least from my perspective. And I really kind of want us to dig deep tonight and kind of go, you know, into this show and what we think could, could help them out in the long run because I got to be honest, I'm not digging the current product. Now, back to action in the ring. A lot of high spots going on between uh, Jin, me, the Bucks, whatever you want to call them, and the Motor, the Motor City Machine Guns. 
as uh, it looked like Shelley was setting up for a slice bread number two, which is reversed into the corner, and he gives a, a kick to the back of the head to, I believe, is that Jeremy Buck, or is that... Which buck is that? I'm not sure. One's blonde and one's got uh, black hair. No shit, Sherlock. I've, buck, I've never buck been able one to figure out two. which one. Buck one and buck two uh, internet day. Like the Vianos. That's you know, it. The thing, the thing that I like about Generation Me is they actually remind me of two different tag teams. They remind me of the Hardys back in the 1997 Jobber days. Right, and? And they remind me a lot of Chase and Andy, the Naturals. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I think that that's uh, an excellent analogy. If you throw in, want to throw in a little uh, uh, Shawn Michaels and uh, <laughs> and his tag team partner for the Rockers, Gennetti. Marty Janetti, you know, a little bit of that. But uh, um, you know, like I say, I anytime I've seen Generation Me, very entertaining, and uh, and no matter you know, some people don't don't prefer, like I said earlier, the the high spot high spot action, but. Uh, as they've slowed down the action in the ring, uh, I find that, uh, you know, this was a good spot for this match, whether or not it was going to be the opening match had London Brawling been involved. But, JJ, I just want to uh, touch base on what, what you said and about how, what we think about how the product could be improved. And as you and I spoke earlier today, I'm really of the opinion that um, TNA really needs to look at itself in the proverbial mirror and decide what direction they want to go. There was a very interesting uh, audio clip and video clip, for that matter, that that involved uh, Ariel Hawani from MMAfighting.com and and none other than Paul Heyman. And Heyman, in his um, verbalization about what he thought about TNA and whether or not they were serious and whether Dixie Carter was serious in making a legitimate pitch for Heyman to come in and 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 work with and for TNA, and he he said that he asked a very interesting question of Dixie Carter, and and he said, you know, Dixie, what is your your game plan? And she came back at him with, well, you know, next month for the pay per view, and the and the month after for the pay per view, and what Heyman really was trying to get at was what their collective direction was, and what they perceived to be their own product and brand direction a couple of years down the road and she didn't have an answer and and really i think that's where this company is lacking that all of the so-called veterans from jeff jarrett to sting to to kevin nash to rhino to everybody that you you really look at and think to yourselves when is enough enough Utilize those veterans to put over the young talent, or better yet, have a, and this is where I'm coming from, have a major frickin' house cleaning and try to sign some new talent, whether they're coming from Ring of Honor, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, the Orient, Europe, whatever. This company needs not only talent wise, but certainly in the booking department, a major, major overhaul. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting you talk about Paul Heyman and. A statement I had heard was that he said anyone over the age of 40, if I took over, would be gone immediately. And I think Dixie was scared about that. It, she's like, oh, my God, are we going to fire all these guys based on ageism and are we going to get sued and all this stuff? To me, it's not a bad idea, but what you do is you pay out the contract. Like if Sting still has six months left on his contract at a quarter of a million dollars, you write him a check tomorrow for a quarter of a million dollars. 
that way they're not out any money and and he he has no basis to sue they they're just paying out what they promised is in terms of a full contract so i i think dixie carter is is honest when she cares about feeding the families of her employees and i mean that's why she brought on six or eight of the uh ev 2.0 guys from hardcore justice she wants to give wrestlers work she doesn't want to release wrestlers even though we haven't seen them on television in a series of weeks or even months i mean after hardcore justice we did not see the dudleys uh brother ray and brother devon on impact the entire time between hardcore justice and this evening but they probably got paid to be there and Unfortunately, sometimes you have to be as cutthroat as as Vince McMahon to become as successful as Vince McMahon. I mean, branding is a huge issue with TNA. I think Paul Heyman's first idea or one of the top five ideas would be to change the name of the company. I mean, I heard something today that that uh, Family Feud is now uh, taping at Universal Studios instead of uh, L.A. or New York. So TNA has taped some some uh, some shows, I think the guys versus the girls, for a, a charity Celebrity Week event. And, I mean, that'll attract some mainstream att- attention, but do you really want the show to be called uh, Family Feud Presents TNA Wrestling Stars? Like, TNA was was the wrong name from the very beginning, as uh, the guns are really taking it to Generation Me, but this has been a, a fantastic 50-50 match to this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused after all those spots I just saw. My mind can't comprehend what I just saw. I, 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 we'll try I, to call the action if you're Mike today. <laughs> uh, good luck to that. Yeah. I believe we have a finish. Yeah, it's over. And the Guns retain the title over the Young Bucks. Very, very good match if you're into high spots and stuff. Well, lots of double teaming, but lots of uh, cases where the guys would would double team the their opponent and then quickly run to the other side of the ropes and say tag me tag me so both teams were i guess trying to follow the rules and stay within that four and a half count of double teaming but the crowd at the impact zone in orlando was popping for it and i mean flippy floppy type matches are just part of the three ring circus that i thought wrestling was supposed to be about yeah it's it was exciting it really was and uh, whether or not you know you can dissect it all you want and and come to the conclusion that it comes off as being somewhat contrived and uh, formulated. Uh, look through the bullshit, people. Enjoy it for what it is. It's wrestling. It's sports entertainment. And quit trying to dissect it with a scalpel like a surgeon does. But, JJ, I need to ask you a very uh, poignant and cutting question because I know you're a guy that's in the know. When when the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Saban and Alex Shelley, point to their hand it means what any idea it means before they came out apparently they were eating something and they have a crumb stuck on their palm i knew there was something i knew i knew the explanation was very simplistic and and thank you for clarifying that for me and now it looks like generation me has had enough they lost this match they're pissed and they're laying a beating on the motor city machine guns well good maybe uh maybe this is the beginning of the uh the heel turn by Generation Me, although they'd have to do something pretty dastardly to, uh, and I, I think maybe they heard me what I said because there looks like they're about to do something pretty dastardly to uh, Alex Shelley. Maybe it's a double DDT on the cement slash mat, and that's exactly what they do. Well, it's a case where 
they've already got a lot. Oh, and there's Uh-oh. the X, which may or may Sorry, not actually I'm mean on anything. Twitter as we're going, are you? T- I'm tweeting the results to each match on Twitter. It's the craziest thing. Keep your twat to Twitter. yourself. <laughs> you can follow me. Yeah, Sunday yeah. night showdown on and Twitter. We, 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 we get from Hebner Jr., we get the uh, X sign, which generally means that somebody is hurt and for the EMS guys to get the hell out there. Although I think that in this case, the X is somewhat, Dave, part of the storyline. Well, you know what? I mean, Alex Shelley was favoring his neck about halfway through the match. But at the same time, if they're going to communicate to each other in the ring, that's the last thing that uh, that the Generation Me is going to go after in a uh, post-match brawl against, the, against Alex Shelley. So who knows? We'll see. I mean, unfortunately, the X has been ruined, and it... it doesn't mean anything. I mean, in the old days, it meant a legitimate injury. Now it. Well, I'm not saying that that, w- that couldn't be the case, Dave. But it, it just Hebner uh, Jr. threw up the X in a hurry, and and EMS was out there in a hurry. But if if that is the case, if it's part of the storyline, uh, I'm fine with that. Um, and obviously, um, I, I'm also fine if I could just throw this out there of the apparent heel turn by Generation Me. I think it's good. I think that the the way that they've been going was a, a circle into nowhere. And uh, um, obviously with this heel turn and what they've done to Alex Shelley, J.J. can only mean one thing, and that's the feud between Generation Me and the Guns will continue. And We've only just begun. You never Thank know. Thank you, Richard feud. Carpenter. Yes. <laughs> this, yeah. this Name that tune here on the SNS Radio Network. You never yes. know. This could be something. I mean... Just the way that Shelley... What could it be, Dave? Legit. Okay. Or right. it could be a work. It's professional wrestling, man. Come on. You know what? That's that's the unfortunate part is is that, uh, I mean, you sell injuries as well as you can when they don't mean anything, but when it is legit, it, although it, you never know if it is or not. Maybe we could add to our year end. I just thought of something. The biggest work of the year... Right, we'll do when we do our year-end Sunday night showdown. We need to add to that category the biggest work of the year because so far, obviously, the biggest work of the year was the whole Daniel Bryan scenario. Actually, I was thinking it was Internet Dave working for Sunday night showdown. That's a big work. Wow! Let's throw that out there. Ching! Wow! The sound you just heard, ladies and gentlemen, was the sound of of uh, JJ's foot at the back of Internet Dave's head. No, it's all good. Dave no, knows you know what's funny? I, I was figuring it out. I'm coming up on 11 years of Internet Wrestling Radio. And you're uh, bragging in, about in, it. In November. So, And, and I think that uh, we should give Dave a, a prize for that. A booby prize? I didn't say booby. Good thing. I, well, I, maybe I, I, would, I would assume the booby prize would be saved for me. Uh, yeah, that's true. As we're having some... Uh, Is it raining in Orlando tonight? We're terrestri- having some, we're having some issues, terrestrial... Yes. Difficulties. Remember we went through oh, this. No, at, remember remember we went through this at Bottoms Up Sports Pub. Yes, if it rained heavily or it snowed heavily, and I remember one pay per view and Internet Dave. You said, "Well, well, Shark, why don't you go up on the roof and 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 take the broom and sweep out the dish?" And I replied, "Well, Dave, why don't you go take the broom and shove it up your ass?" Remember what I said that I. <laughs> offered to help you, and you said, no, let me go by myself. Well, I didn't want to have a lawsuit on my hand, having you crawl up to the roof of the building and fall on your head. 
Which was highly likely. Apparently, it's 77 in Orlando right now. Uh, they're expecting a 50% chance of scattered thunderstorms. But Hello, what th- the fuck are you doing? This weather update this brought weather to channel? you by Internet Dave. Well, I- I'm just wondering if this is our signal or if anyone else is finding that the signal's well, gone it, down. It has been raining all day here in Calgary. True. Yeah. Uh, uh, apparently, there's, there's, there's no reports right. of snow that's today it. in Orlando, that's so that, it. that's good news. That's it. Shark? Grab the broom and go clean off the roof like you used to do. All right, I'll be right back. <coughs> oh, wait, we don't have a satellite. Oh, well, it's not a satellite. It's, it's, uh, it's the world-renowned TELUS TV. So, obviously, it's a satellite issue at Command Central here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, that has uh, uh, precluded the, and this is the correct terminology, the video pixelation that we are experiencing. And speaking of pixelation, here is the former homicidal, suicidal, genocidal Herbicidal. Herbicidal, that's right. Pesticidal. No, no, no. No, herb as in marijuana. Sabu himself. And as we... Maybe Sabu's a drug of choice today, JJ, and it's just a theory, is, is something more hallucinogenic because the screen is rather rather blurry. You know what I'm loving? The fact that they still call him from Bombay, Michigan. Yes. Which, if you remember, back in the day when I was working Stampede Wrestling and I was the heel manager for Chris Steele, uh, one superfly Dan Myers, who was had, at that time joined up with uh, the Karachi Vice yes. as, uh, what was it, uh, Dondi? Mahatma Dondi. Mahatma Dondi. Ma- Mahatma Dondi Myers, yes. And he was trying to figure out a good place to hail from. And since he's a big Michigan kid, right? I said, why don't you hail from Bombay, Michigan? Bombay. He fucking loved it. And he did because, uh, as I recall, discussing it with uh, Mahatma Dandi, uh, Diane Myers, who's actual tag team partner, uh, former Just tag team partner. Matthias Wild. Matthias Wild just signed a, a developmental deal with uh, WWE, and shortly in a couple of months we'll be reporting to uh, Florida Championship Wrestling uh, that, in fact, Dan said that your your feeding of him being from Bombay, Michigan, he really liked J.J. because of the fact that he really likes Bombay gin. So it had a double entendre meaning to it. He liked it. <laughs> he really see. liked it. Yeah, and he yeah. proceeded to get shit-faced on gin and tonics that night, as I recall. So next up, of course, we have Sabu, as our feed looks to have returned. Sabu versus Big Bad Douglas Williams, as Ric Flair refers to him. Wow. We have no Mike Tanay and Taz at this point, so... Maybe well, it, maybe it is a production truck issue at the impact zone because right now it's no commentary at this point. Yeah, no commentary, just uh, flat out wrestling. I feel like we're at a house show with good <laughs> seats. Well, our, wasn't there a pay per view three or four years ago we were covering that uh, for about twenty five thirty minutes it flipped to the Spanish commentary? Yes, for absolutely no reason. That was a TNA. <laughs> I remember that. Telemundo, yeah. Douglas Williams. Uh, yeah, so this Sabu. Is, so Sabu apparently earned an X division title shot against uh, Douglas Williams. Which is interesting. I mean, this match is going to be uh, very diverse in styles. Oh, now we're starting to get our... Uh... There's the commentary back again. Yeah, the commentary's coming back. But uh, do we have some quick pick predictions here? Because you never know when the signal might cut out. We could f- miss the finish. Yeah, I'll start things off. Doug Williams retains against Sabu. Sorry, no offense to Sabu. Loved him back in the day. But uh, Doug is the real deal. I mean, Douglas Williams is the real deal. Mark the Shark to Carlo. Well, you know what? As somebody that 
and, and not too many people know this. I know that two of you have uh, vivid recollections of me managing Sabu and Stampede Wrestling a few years back. As a matter of fact, there was a great match, Dave. There was a great match between um, two guys that I was managing at the time, both in the Shark Tank, Sabu and the late great Tiger Mahatma Khan. Yep. And, and, and Bruce Hart, who was the booker at the Stampede Wrestling at the time, said, you know what, we're going to have this match between two of your guys, and I wanted you to manage, want you to manage both, and I'm like, okay then. Well, hey, Fonzie. All right. All right, well, Fonzie wasn't available, but, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> all right, and, and there was this spot where I had to um, whack Sabu over the head with a chair, and I was accused of being far too light, although he sold it like a champ, and then Tiger... Sold the chair shot really well and started bleeding from the top of his head. And then later on in the match, I was put through a table because uh, Tiger Khan was protecting me. And um, Sabu came off a little bit early and caught me in the back of the, the head with a leg drop. And it was like somebody turned the stereo off and I heard nothing but ringing in my ears. Although I was brought to by the very buxom Sharkettes at the time. <laughs> Um, and when I woke up, all I saw was six, J.J., of the biggest, lushest, roundest breasts you could ever imagine. And all of a sudden, I was okay. So having said all of that, um, obvious, the obvious pick here is Douglas Williams. Well, a very long-winded explanation Had for to share a that. simple, this guy wins or this guy wins. Uh, let's kick it over to Internet Dave, who I'm sure will have a slightly less exaggerated answer to the question and being Less asked. exotic. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I, I don't have any memories of Sabu putting me through a table, but uh, or boobs. But but the night is the the night is still young, uh, so it looks like it's a production issue from the impact zone. Yes. Yeah. E I, I either just, weather related or or, or the uh, there's something wrong in the production. Yeah. I, I literally just got a warning on my thing. The unauthorized the unauthorized reproduction or distribution of this copyrighted work is illegal. I'm glad that I bought the pay-per-view. We paid. And, and we're telling me this. That's awesome. We're not, uh, we're not getting cut off by... by no, I mean, we're not going to mention you, Stream. Five years or two hundred. Five years in prison or $250,000. If, if I go to prison for five years for illegally You ain't going to make it for ten minutes, buddy. You go to prison, you're pretty much <laughs> fucked, literally. <laughs> Moving along. Yeah, mass... <laughs> yeah, uh... A guy who illegally stream the guy, the, the guy who illegally. Yeah, what are you doing in this jail? Oh, I uh, I killed five people uh, with my car. I watched what are you wrestling doing here? and didn't pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God damn yeah. it! They caught me watching wrestling illegally and I didn't pay for it. Yeah, they caught me watching TNA wrestling. Boy, we don't we don't put up with that kind of shit in a pan, boy. Bend the fuck over, boy. Oh, you Jesus. Whoa! Oh, bit of there a was an interesting spot. spot. That's what you call a stiff penalty. Wow. And, and we lost the commentary again. Sabu set up a table, but... And a slip spot. <coughs> we did have a slip wow. spot, but both of those guys knew exactly yeah, what to do. Uh, Douglas Williams <laughs> is going to win because Sabu is about to go through the two tables. He's, well, one table and a chair. He's, he's, uh, he's setting up here. Speaking this, is, this, isn't a, this isn't a hardcore match, is it? Well, it's whatever Sabu's rules are, just kind of like Raven's rules. It's, no, 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 but was that a stipulation? <laughs> no, I, I don't no, think no, there was no, any no. stip. No, I don't think there's ever been a hardcore no rule exhibition title match. By the way, you'll notice, for those of you that are watching the pay-per-view, and of <laughs> course we are here, that Sabu has spent absolutely no money on new wrestling boots. 
<laughs> Thanks for... Apparently, Mark the Shark DiCarlo in his spare time works with the fashion police, ladies and gentlemen. Well, no. I mean, look at those fuckers. He's had the same wrestling boots for 20 years. Well, we're back to having no commentary oh. here. Well, that looks rough. I've seen him hit that so many times. Yep. And uh, it's apparent that gravity and age are really up there because uh, that was the worst triple jump moonsault I have ever seen. Ever. And you've seen. Delivered by Sabu. And you've seen Sabu deliver about, what, 1,000 of those? Yeah. Oh, man, that was bad. Uh, Doug yeah, Williams we, trying to trip Sabu, and he did catch his head on the he, uh, on the chair. Have you guys noticed that uh, with Sabu being bald now, that the back of his head kind of reminds you of the front of Abdullah the Butcher's head? Yeah. Wow. I, you know what? Really, this match is pretty shitty. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, it's, just, it's just a contrast in styles between these two. No, and, and I love Sabu. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know this. Let's talk something positive. Let's talk about what we would do to change things in TNA, Shark. Well, I think I, I went on ad nauseum with my verbalization, and there's one of my favorite maneuvers, the front kick to the lower testicular zone. Yeah, you're very familiar with that because your ex-wife has delivered that move to you several times. Oh, uh, yes. No, in your life. And you know what? I sold it every time like a trooper. Well, then you're not qualified to be a TNA because they never sell it. That's right. There's nothing like no selling a nut shot to put a damper on the match as douglas williams has uh sabu tied up uh in a kind of reverse kind of arm bar and he's got the other arm barred but going back to your question what i do to improve the product um i really think it's it's twofold it's a talent shuffle and it's a booking philosophy shuffle whether or not you're going to still have messers hogan and bischoff involved and and no matter what's going on with who's calling the shots with respect to the storylines, the angles, the matches themselves, you got to have some change. And whether or not, and I'm not of the opinion that you really necessarily have to change the name of TNA. I kind of like the name TNA, Little Nonstop Action Wrestling and Tits and Ass is a great double entendre. And I, I'm not of the opinion you really have to change the name, but uh, you got to change the philosophy, the the, the in-ring work, and certainly the booking. Well, what, what, what a great maneuver there by Sabu. Uh, no botches as he hit the DDT from the second rope onto Doug Williams. Doug selling like a million bucks. This could be it, but no, Doug kicks out at about two and three quarters. What were you going to say there, Dave? Well, I was just going to say that, I mean, the key for TNA is is that you have to let the world know you exist. I mean, there's been a lot of these interviews where where people have approached Ric Flair and Kevin Nash and Sting at airports and said, "Hey, man, loved you back in the old days, but I can't remember. But I, where are you wrestling now? Well, actually, I'm live on on Impact on TNA Wrestling every Thursday night on Spike TV. Really, I didn't know. I had no idea. I think that they just real <coughs> hoped that the four or five million people watching Raw would eventually hear about them somehow." And and want a Thursday night alternative, Dave. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I was about to say now. Now there's a chant for Sabu, but before that, you could hear a pin drop in the arena in the impact. Jesus, another shot to the nuts via the chair. Is Bruce Bruce Hart in in Tampa or in uh, Orlando? I'm wondering if he might be booking the show tonight. Uh, I'm not sure. As Doug hits a gut wrench suplex, goes for the pin, but Sabu kicks out. 
these just these guys have a real conflict of styles. You would certainly hope, and you would imagine that both of these guys certainly would have talked about in detail what they were going to do prior to going out there. Well, it's really bad when you don't have commentary <laughs> on the, on the broadcast. Yeah, and I and then you you can't hear the crowd either. Yeah, that that is a bad sign, people. What? When the crowd is silent. That's not good. Well, and you see, the commentary kind of muffles the fact that the crowd is quiet, and they can actually s sell what is going on in the ring. And with no cell, no audio cell, it uh, <laughs> it's even lamer. And what the <laughs> hell was that? Oh, another wow. reason why Sabu does not belong in a ring is he goes for. Uh, he tries to jump off the chair onto the top rope onto Doug Williams. Lost, he was, lost his balance. He lost his balance, yeah. fell backward. But prior to that. Uh, Earl Hebner was not letting him jump on that top rope via the chair. Now we've got Douglas Williams and Sabu on the outside. As Sabu uh, looks like he's going to the top. He's got Doug on the table. Oh. Doug out of the way. Can Sabu right through the table. Guys, I got a question. Was there, in fact, some stipulation made? Dave, maybe you can look or, or maybe you heard something prior to the match because generally the use of a table in a straight match would be grounds for disqualification well I'll, I'll check but i haven't seen any uh i haven't seen any updates that would indicate that this is anything more than a singles match for the x division championship i mean really if sabu sets up <coughs> excuse me sets up a table and goes through it himself there's not much a referee can do about that wow. as beautiful belt yep. shot beautiful as doug williams gets Aww. the win here and i love the setup for this it was very eddie nice. guerrero-esque <laughs> guerrero as he grabs the chair Goes to hit Sabu with a chair. The referee takes the chair from Doug Williams, who then grabs the X Division belt and uh, pops old Baldy right upside the head. With and Hebner's back turned, so Hebner did his job in, in avoiding uh, looking at the belt shot to uh, the cranial re rear cranial area of Sabu. And I think as Doug Williams rolled out of the ring just now, he said, thank God that atrocity is over. I read uh, his lips just then. There, there's two words that come to mind when trying to analyze that this match, and I'm trying to be positive, but, J.J., do the words cluster and fuck come to mind? They really do. They I, really do. I, and I would expect more out of Sabu because generally he's pretty systematic in, in his uh, preparation, if you will, to going into a match. Certainly with somebody that he hasn't worked with much. They did a little bit of, of interaction on impact on Thursday. Um However, it uh, that, that quite possibly could have been, as Sabu points to the stars, wondering how come he had no extraterrestrial help. I don't know. I'm, I'm very disappointed uh, with that particular matchup, but looks like we're, uh, we're two, two for two so far. I mean, we, we've got yes. everything right. Right. Yeah, right now we've got a backstage interview with Christy Hemme and Mr. Anderson. Speaking of two, I must say that uh, Christy's Tusum looks outstanding this evening. You know what? What they're trying to do is is promote this and brand it similar to how The Rock would always do his interviews with Michael Cole, where you know the two of them had to work together and, and they played off of each other, and, and that's what Mr. Anderson and Christy Hemme are trying to do, and that's basically what, what Mr. Anderson has done since he arrived in January. And it'll still take some time, but hopefully they can build in some more interaction of course the the branding he's building is is the uh, we are assholes chant among the crowd at the impact zone in orlando and I, once again i've said it a hundred times what what the crowd in orlando does is not a reflection of what 
the people watching the pay-per-view and watching Impact really think of the product? The beautiful people. The beautiful people. And ladies and gentlemen, it's the, my favorite part of a TNA broadcast where we, we, uh, we look at the beautiful people, and in this case, their opponents, and wonder how close cameramen and Zoom action and director in the truck and produce production support staff will be <coughs> zooming in on various kazifs. Yeah, we've got uh, the we've got the beautiful Whoa. people wannabes, Madison Rain and Tara, and they just kissed. Wow, a little. How are you with that, JJ? You wow, that? That, that was good. Well, it was always the tease between the beautiful people, and now we've got Tara and Madison. Yeah, giving the kiss in the ring. Wow, and, and, and if you are friends with things with, are looking up, ladies and gentlemen. Well, some things as the table rises here in the studio. Uh for those of you that are friends with Tara on Facebook, you'll know that her affinity for for women is is somewhat there, as we see the typical beautiful people entrance with one underneath the other's crotch, which I'm fine with. Dave, are you fine with this? I am fine with this. This is the best entrance in women's wrestling, bar none, maybe the best entrance in TNA wrestling. The beautiful people, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love. I love it every time. Well, I can't and, take my eyes off it. And Velvet Sky, a bit of a uh, Vicky Guerrero bite, wouldn't you say, JJ? Excuse me, I'm VIP. Yeah. <laughs> but Vicky never looked that good. No. Although I did make reference on the last uh, uh, Sunday Night Showdown episode that, in fact, Vicky was looking better. W- wasn't it Trey that said a few months ago that... Uh, oh, that- oh, oh, oh! That Hurricane Helms dumped Velvet Sky, and Trey was like, what the fuck were you thinking? I think we would all agree with that uh, here tonight, okay, watching but, uh, No but, Surrender. But we don't know why that happened. <laughs> Could have been because she might have been fucking somebody else. That's true. Yeah. Would you be okay with her fucking somebody else, Internet Dave? <laughs> don't ask when, Dave when I'm that, going, Of course he would. When I'm going to get the mail or making a cup of tea for myself, yeah, probably And I she's fucking somebody Nobody else. else. Yes. Wait a minute. This this sounds like a WNL promo with Jenna Jameson and Tito Ortiz. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, no, all no right. idea. All right. Well, you know what, guys? The, we were talking about this prior to the to uh, signing on tonight for Sunday Night Showdown, but the re- oh. but to me the reveal of Tara this past Thursday on Impact had absolutely no reaction to it because maybe because of the because everybody knew. Yeah, because of the yeah. eye makeup or whatever clue. They, they gave away. It was obvious. And the crowd in Orlando for two or three shows prior to that was, there was a small number, but you could still hear them quite prevalently, was was te- yelling Tara, Tara, and stuff. So there was absolutely no reaction. And then at least what happened afterwards and the promo that, that, uh, that Madison Rain and Tara did on reaction afterwards was really... Anticlimactic, and it wasn't the huge moment that it, they probably anticipated. <coughs> Excuse me. Exactly. Don't, don't you think? Don't you think the whole mystery woman in the motorcycle helmet was went on far too long? Given the fact that everybody and their dog knew damn well it was Tara. Yeah, yeah, I I think it did, but I mean, you know, they did their best to conceal it, to kayfabe it, and everything else. So. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm drained, and this pay per view just started. That that that's never a good sign. This is the third match, 
and um, let's review. You know, the, the opening match wasn't too bad. I, I did like the heel turn of uh, of uh, Generation Me at the end. I thought that was good, uh, and and would set some uh, some storyline groundwork for for an ongoing feud with the Guns. Um, the last match with uh, Doug Williams and Sabu was horrible at best, and I, that pains me to say that because I'm a big fan of not only Douglas Williams and his work, but certainly over the course of time of Sabu in his uh, long professional wrestling career, and it's sad, I can't think of a better term other than sad to see him in the state that he's in right now. And uh, this match is what it is. It's fluff, it's eye candy, it's TNA, and uh, frankly, I- I'm, I'm having a little bit of a problem with the ring attire. It's not boobalicious enough. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first TNA pay-per-view they've had since Hardcore Justice, correct? Right. And we all know how the pay-per-view buy rate for that went. They got just a little over, I believe, 22,000 buys for that. Now, considering before that, they were averaging about 8,000 buys per pay-per-view. I'm putting it out there. It was pretty good, 22,000 then. I will be surprised, ladies and gentlemen, and not to be negative. Here it is. I'm going to be surprised if they even cut... 7,000 buy rates. Well, I mean, guys, we were talking about this before the show. Shark, I mean, you've been in this business for 30 years. Can you ever Thanks remember? Thanks for reminding me about that, Dave. Go ahead. Can you? Well, I've been in for about 20. Okay. Can you ever remember a pay-per-view on Labor Day weekend? Ever. Not ever. Not once. And you know what? Um, we, we mentioned this to each other before we went on the air with Sunday Night Showdown tonight, that I suspect that they did this because they didn't want to go head-to-head with the first NFL Sunday, that being next Sunday, and certainly not against the Sunday night game in the NFL next week, which, Dave, is uh, the Cowboys, Cowboys and, the and the Redskins, which is a hugely popular matchup. And, uh, uh, you know, regardless of whether it's on Labor Day or not, uh, J.J., I, I really think that uh, this could be the all-time lowest buy rate in the history of TNA at the very least, but in the history of wrestling pay-per-views, period. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I just I went into this not having a lot of high hopes, and so far they're living up to my lowered expectations. Um, I, I want to see things pick up a little bit. I want this pay-per-view to succeed. And this is something that we had discussed at length, and I want to go ahead and bring that up now. You know, I'm sick of everybody saying, oh, well, people bitch about shit all the time, but they never offer solutions. Well, I'm going to tell you how I would be doing things if it were me. And quite frankly, I got to be honest. I, I, there are shows out there that look at the psychology of wrestling. And, you know, in particular, there was a time, as it looks like the beautiful people have gone over, Velvet Sky pins Madison Rain with a beautiful DDT. So... The beautiful people have won, which I'm glad we picked that in our quick pick. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you, I had Madison Rain going over here because I thought that um, they would build up to her having a title match at Bound for Glory, which is TNA's WrestleMania on 10-10-10. So I'll, I'll, I'll definitely take the loss on that point. Did you guys have Madison Rain or Velvet Sky in this match before it started? Well, I was going to pick the beautiful people. I would have picked okay. them as well, but we got all right. Well, then we, you two we got, were, we got no, sidetracked. So no, you two were right. No, no, I'll, I definitely had Madison Rain in that match. So 
We'll record that. Hey, look, Jeff Hardy. He looks like a fucking fish. What is with his face paint, man? It, it's it's Maddie and the Blowfish. <laughs> like my God, oh no! He 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 does his face paint himself, and he thinks it's cool, and he might be the only one that thinks that. And I'm trying to find something positive to say about this whole thing. And and really, if you look at the matches themselves, like I said, the first match, the tag match, Generation Me. And, and the guns was good. I, I didn't mind it. I, I thought it was entertaining. Sabu and Doug Williams, no good. This was oh, this yes. was passable. But the, the rest of the card coming up as we are getting ready for um, the War Machine Rhino and the Monster Abyss, like we haven't seen this about three years ago. Well, okay, but here's the thing. Yeah. We are almost an hour into this show, <laughs> and this is match number four. Yeah. It is. So how are we going to fill almost three hours when you've already, like this match probably won't go 20 minutes. So going into the next hour, you're not going to have that many more matches. I mean, I kind of feel like they're they're just shooting too quickly. The entrances are coming too fast. Like, I really feel like they're phoning this one in tonight. Well, and I would suspect, given the buildup to some of these matches, that they would have had the wherewithal and the know-how uh, and the production know-how to like they did uh, at the beginning of the show when they when they you know gave the whole video uh, montage and intro of Mr. Asshole, uh, pardon me, Anderson at about two forty-eight this afternoon and what he was up to. But they've really done guys a lousy job in setting up the matches. They've almost forgot to to give us some storyline introduction prior to the match being brought into the impact zone. Well, you know, it's a case where TNA, in their previews to pay-per-view audiences, promotes one match or two matches. The heavyweight title matches, maybe the exhibition title if it's had a good build-up, but this has been purely the two semifinals, De Niro and Anderson in one semifinal, Angle and Hardy in the other semifinal, and this match has gotten virtually no reaction. Uh, I believe it was two weeks ago in Impact where Rhino beat the hell out of uh, out of the Monster Abyss all over the arena, which kind of set up the idea that he should be competitive in this Falls Count Anywhere hardcore match rules contest. And from what we heard this past week on, on Impact, which in a strange way for the silliness of the angle, I'm glad they clarified, EV2 is not they on behalf of Abyss, and Fortune is not they on behalf of Abyss. So whoever is showing up on 10-10-10 is not Fortune and not EV2, and this could be a huge uh, introduction of a new uh, wrestler or a new faction, or it could blow up just like Vince McMahon as the higher power, J.J., well, before I actually have a call on the line, before we get to that, I want to kind of run down our predictions. Oh. Very quickly in this match, Internet Dave, who goes over, Rhino or Abyss? Uh, Abyss. Mark the Shark to Carlo. I would have to agree with Dave. I think Abyss will go over here. Uh, you know what? I hate to be unanimous, but I think Abyss goes over too. I just don't see. Rhino has not been utilized in a, you know, in a win-win situation in a long time, and Abyss has the momentum of they, whoever they are. We'll find out on 10 10 10. So I'm going to go with Abyss goes over as well, but going to the phone lines, 501 588 7957. Welcome to the program. Who's this? This is they. 
Ah, it's they. It's ladies they, ladies and gentlemen. Say, I'm calling to say that my boy Abyss is going to win because I told him to. <laughs> that makes more sense than you'll ever know, Trey. They has finally been revealed on this very wrestling radio program. We're Welcome. breaking news. We're breaking news right here. And the way news stories go, make sure you put, if you use this, you must credit JJ Sexay. That's right. We must get the credit here on the SNS Radio Network. It's, it's all about getting the props for breaking the story. It, it's been revealed, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. They is the Trey Dog and J.J. Sexay. They are they. We've been planning this for quite some time. We, we, we actually have. You guys were in cahoots with Dixie Carter and Jeff Jarrett. It has been revealed that they are the Trey Dog and J.J. Sexay. Wow. Are you guys going to be flying down to... Uh, to Orlando to the Impact Zone for tapings this week? I'm there right now. I'm there right now. All right, all right. Look, there I was, right there. I was standing right there. I just saw <laughs> you. The guy in the wheelchair? No, they just passed me. I, I wasn't oh, the guy in the green shirt like... taking pictures? No. Well, I'm on, a, I'm on a weird TNA contract like everybody else. They have to pay me by appearance, and I've only got so many, so they couldn't really acknowledge that was me. That's right. we got to save that up for when we Actually, Trey Dog, there, there, there was a very, very interesting rumor floating around the internet wrestling community today that, in fact, you had she been... She was 18. That, that you had been hired, <laughs> that you had been hired, Trey, by TNA to be the official beautiful people pubic hairstylist. Can you refute or, or agree with that? Actually, that is true. And I knew it. I knew it, damn it. It's... If you notice, that's why Velvet was able to get the win because she was able to move more freely. <laughs> with, with, with less, I would suspect, less friction. Exactly. Hold on a second. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I shall return. All right. Oh, mercy. So there we go. Breaking news. Myself and the Trey Dog are they. What's Trey? I think Trey He's got, on his regular phone line. No, it I, like. I think Trey has been called back into the dressing room to get a little bit of heat from the pubic hairstyle division of, of, of TNA. Absolutely. Um, as this match goes on, obviously we got Abyss. We've got Rhino. They're they're fighting each other on the outside of the ring. This match is not... They went all the, w all the way around the backstage area. No, they are to... not there. They are here, Dave. No, okay, he, no, Rhino and Abyss. And Rhino and Abyss. <laughs> You're confusing yeah. the issue. <laughs> Somebody's confused. We're gonna... And I think it's Dave. This is going to be a we joke between they. now they and... They are not they. We are they. We... <laughs> This is uh, going to be a running joke between now and October 10th. I have a feeling it's going to be. Trey's in conversation with somebody in the background, if you guys are wondering. He's backstage at TNA right now. That's so. right. Well, he's talking to Dixie Carter about a contract extension. Uh, you want to go, go right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's talking wardrobe now with Dixie Carter. Actually, I think, I think he's talking to the wrestlers in the mouthpiece and yeah, telling them they need to go to the right of the arena. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Trey Dog is working the gorilla position tonight in the impact zone. Yes, yes. I see, I see. It, it would appear so. <coughs> oh, mercy. Which which has been more entertaining so far. Oh, oh wow. A as Abyss goes through the uh, the bottom half of the stage there, courtesy of uh, Rhino. See, you almost have one of those Canadian feeds because you're a little bit ahead of me. Oh, wow. Did you get the, uh, the break in the commentary like we had during the uh, William Sabu match? Yeah, that, that whole thing was like getting home with your eggs and half of them are cracked. <laughs> My God, I mean, the silence of the crowd spoke volumes, Trey. I don't know if you got that. See, but... they just down through Abyss through the barricade right now, or through the retainer wall. Oh, so we're, wow. about a, we're about a minute ahead of you down there. Wow. I'm inside there right now talking to Abyss. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 
but you're a minute behind us. That's amazing. How did you get from Dixie Carter's dressing room to underneath the stage talking to Abyss so damn quickly? Well, see, that's something else that you don't know that we can break on the show for breaking news. Um, part of they is Hornswoggle. <laughs> and so he has a lot of tunnels that he shows us how to get through. Uh, the, the latest rumor is that uh, from the chat room is that they is going to be the world's greatest tag team in Percy Watson, baby. Oh, God. No, we are they. Yeah, we they, are they. they. <laughs> they Dog and JJ are they. They are not they. We are they. We Stop are confusing they. the are, issue. We are we and they are they. I no. swear to God, I, I'm going to come out tomorrow night with a fucking T-shirt that says they. They. Since we, we are now they. We, we, should, we the t- are they. The T-shirt should, should say we are they. Yes. Yes. There you go. Oh, and on the man. back, the WNL logo. Yes. Yeah. I like that idea, Trey. What, what, we should we should book that. On the front of the front of the shirt, we are they, and on the back of the shirt, the WNL logo. You guys can make a million dollars off that fucking shirt. Hey, if people will buy fucking big shirts with a yellow N on it, why not? There you go. <laughs> you're we, you're either against us or you're they. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. You're either gay or you're they. Hey, there's there a good one. Go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, you're either they or you're gay. Tree's a poet and you don't even know it. You're either they Making a rhyme gay. every time. That's right. Wow. Oh, man. Okay. So, you see, business has just picked up here on the broadcast, and it certainly isn't with regards to anything to do on this pay-per-view. Absolutely. No. Uh, what's on your mind tonight, Trey? Um... Well, not a whole lot. I just was hoping that this was going to turn out to be a good pay per view tonight. I, I, you know, I think that the, I think really, and I, I don't, I don't say this a lot, but I think that this show maybe needed one more week of impact to really promote it, to really get it hyped up. Yeah, I, I'm agreeing, man. I, I mean, I went I mean, into this not with high hopes, but they had a lot of momentum after last week. But I mean, they, you know, I, I think one more good week of impact would really help the buy rates on this show. Well, I I agree with you too, Trey, and uh, and really I, I think that that whole scenario whereby they would normally go next Sunday, and I I took a look back at No Surrender over the last couple of years, and they had either uh, gone the second or third Sunday of September, but Jeff Jarrett, being a big NFL guy that he is, did not want to go head to head with the the Cowboys and the Redskins on the first Sunday Night Football. Uh, matchup of the new NFL season, and I, I, you know that's smart. And, and of course, it's smart. I agree. But you know, really, when you don't want to do that, maybe re-strategize and go the week after WWE's Night of Champions, because to go on Labor Day, I think, is uh, uh, pay-per-view financial blunder and ruin. And and we'll soon see. You know, I, I think in about a week. We'll get the uh, the the pay per view buy rate numbers in Canada and the states, and JJ's prediction of in and around seven thousand, uh, hopefully for TNA, is not God, right. I hope not. And, and it'll be a lot higher than that. But I don't know, man. I, I suspect it's going to be pretty gruesome numbers. Oh, I don't know. Um, I think, in judging by everything they've done in the past, pay per view wise, I've looked more forward to this one than I have. Probably their last five or six. So hopefully that bodes well for the company. I think they've done a, a, a pretty good job of setting this all up 
And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm at the point now where at the end of the day, I'm done fighting with people about this. If you don't like it, don't watch it. I don't give a shit. I still sleep fine at night. Well, but and, and you know what? This isn't, this isn't the WWE, and they don't have a billion dollars in the bank, you know, back in their play. You know, they do the best they can with what they got, and if that's not fucking good enough, then hit your wagon to the WWE, kiss my ass on the way out the door, and don't bother coming back. Uh, I agree with you, Trey, and, and really, I think that, and I said this earlier on Sunday Night Showdown this evening, that we need to stop trying to overanalyze and be so overly analytical on everything about the product. We need to take a step back um, and just try to enjoy it for what it is, and that's, you know, entertainment. It's wrestling. It's, you know. Well, I mean, with their resources, with their resources, I mean, think about it, man. They are barely above that of a good indie fed, but they've just made some good decisions and they've made some, you know, they've got a couple breaks because of who they are and who they have. But I mean, like I said, Monday night, if it was so easy to put a fucking show on, we'd have more than two to talk about. One, one thing, JJ, I just want to interject, and that's, you know, we could we could hash it. You know, mash it, slice it, dice it, as I said before. But I would really be interested to see what their financial bottom line, black and white, really is for TNA. And I, I suspect that if you were, if you had an open book on the financial end of TNA, you, you really think that they'd be losing millions of dollars. Maybe not millions, but certainly hundreds of thousands. And we all know that Dixie and her father have deep pockets and that, um, you know, whether or not they're paying Spike or Spike is paying them, there's really a, a great cloud over top of that whole scenario. But I can't see them really making a whole bunch of money. Yes, they've been doing a whole bunch more house shows lately, but uh, I suspect that the financial bottom line is not good. Well, you know, and honestly, we don't, it doesn't really matter because we're not paying the, the price, so I don't really care what they're spending. As Abyss gets the win with the Black Hole Slam over Rhino, very nice hardcore match. Not a bad How match. Are you, really? What? You spoiled it for me. <laughs> right, he's about two minutes behind. Well, Tra Abyss is climbing up the ladder right now, and Rhino's going for the gore. Oh, really? It's that far misses. behind? Oh, wow. yep, I was right. He All missed. Right. <laughs> well, well, gonna, well, Trey, what do you think of... TNA's third hour of TV being used uh, for interviews uh, on reaction on Thursday nights. I, I, I don't Hold mind it. Hold that thought, and I'll get back to you with my answer in just a sec. Okay. You know, while Trey's away, I was just thinking, you know, there's a lot of talk in wrestling radio these days <laughs> about having a centralized character. And if you go back and you look at the WWE, obviously in the 80s you had Hogan was your, uh, was your baby face. Everything was built around him. Your heels went through Hogan, and Hogan was the babyface. In the Attitude Era, it shifted to Stone Cold Steve Austin, and at times, there were times that The Rock was that character. They even tried to do it with Triple H, and it didn't so much work as it did with, uh, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now it's John Cena. In TNA, for the longest time, it was about Jeff Jarrett and the fact that he was the heel owner of the company. And you had great babyfaces like... You know, AJ Styles, who I think plays a great babyface. And you look at the, the current landscape, and if you could say there's one centralized character on TNA now, 
Unfortunately, it's Dixie Carter. It's not Hulk Hogan. It's yeah. not Bischoff. Dixie Carter has become your centralized character. And that's kind of a problem from where I'm sitting. I mean, I have no offense against Dixie Carter, but seeing her in that role really bothers me. And I'll be real honest with you. I would like to see, and I know that Mark the Shark DiCarlo and I sat down today and talked about this. You know, as far as my booking scenario, you know, we've got these semifinal matches coming up. We've got, you know, Hardy and Kurt Angle and what appears to be a death match if you listen to the promo, you know. Um, and then we've got D'Angelo De Niro and, and Mr. Anderson tagging it up, you know, going one-on-one. And if it were me, if I were the booker in this scenario, I'm going to tell you now, I would absolutely, I would put, and this is a shock, I know, because, you know, they've telegraphed the booking. You know, if, if Kurt Angle loses, he's done. You know, and, and to me, that's fucked up that you telegraphed your booking, as we know, that Kurt Angle's going to go over. If you wanted to shake things up, I would say you put Jeff Hardy over Kurt Angle in that match. You put Anderson over Pope in that match. <clears throat> and when you get to Bound for Glory, you've got the two guys that are supposed to be the best friends in the world. You know, you've got the asshole, Mr. Anderson, who's, you know, trying to sell that he's a nice guy. He's an asshole, but he's a likable asshole. And then you've got Jeff Hardy, who is Jeff Hardy. That's really all I could say about that. He paints his face up pretty nice. You know, he's high on opium all the time. That's Jeff Hardy in a nutshell. <clears throat> and wouldn't it make more sense to you people to see Jeff Hardy get fucked over at Bound for Glory by the guy that's supposed to be his best friend, Mr. Anderson, let him win the title and make a heel run. And then you've got that centralized character, that champion, in Mr. Anderson, who the Pope was right about all along, that he's still an asshole and he's still going to turn on you. You know, And wouldn't it be nice if AJ Styles was kicked out of Fortune and, say, Kazarian took his spot, and then you had AJ versus Fortune, and AJ could be the babyface again? And people could get behind him because he's not wrestling a match as AJ Styles the face. But when he does the match, he hits all the high spots, you know, that a face would do. He's not doing the bump style that a normal heel would take. And I just I think the psychology is so fucked up in this company right now. And I would have to say if I if I had the book and I were working on things, I would turn AJ face and turn him against fortune or turn them on him or whatever, however you want to do it. And I would put Anderson over as your top bad guy as the champion and have all the guys go after Anderson. But that's what I would do. So I'm offering up my booking scenario instead of bitching about it all the time. That's what I would do to help the product along. Well, and, and you know what? We, we, talk about, we talk about our perspectives on the product, the brand that is TNA. And, and we bitch about it, but... Yes, I, I, Jeff and I, JJ and I did speak earlier today on, on what the scenario is, yet the spinoff of that is how we would make it better. And, and JJ, your, your whole verbalization, your whole thought process of which you just explained makes absolute and perfect sense. And absolute and perfect sense are not necessarily for a long, long time that have been two adjectives when trying to explain the TNA booking committee. Because if you tried to make sense 
out of what the TNA booking committee has done over the last couple of years, you can be rest assured it makes no fucking sense at all. And here we are coming up on another one of the why are they doing this ma- these matches with Sting and Kevin Nash versus Samoa Joe and Jeff Jarrett. And, you know, whether this is just filler or whatever, or these are guys that have big, fat, expensive contracts, and they know damn well that they have to use them. And, and you know, really, when, when you're looking at a match like this, it's like you, you really got to think, Internet Dave and JJ, that the reason that these, and certainly not Samoa Joe, I don't want to include Samoa Joe in this, but you really got to think, that the reason that TNA is still utilizing Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash, and Sting on camera is because they perceive that the use of them uh, equips or, or assimilates into star power, which an offshoot of that is buy rate on pay-per-views. And that's what? the only reason that I can think that would be a legitimate and, and you know, justifiable reasoning behind still using the three of these well it's a question of like if sting and and jeff jarrett and kevin nash all retired tomorrow how many tna fans would stop watching the product entirely if it's quite a few i'd be shocked i mean a a, a large percentage i don't think a lot of people tune into tna just to see what sting is going to do or what Nash is going to do or what Jarrett's going to do. Do you think anybody tunes in to see what the three of them are going to do, Dave? Well, I think the fact that they tried to use those guys to get people's attention, it's like, hey, you liked Kevin Nash and Sting 10 years ago? You can see them here, and then when you watch their match, you'll watch the rest of the show and become interested in the rest of the show. It's, it's kind of like when... Any sort of drama or, or comedy on t- television brings in a big celebrity. They hope that, wow, I want to see that celebrity on this show I haven't really heard much about of. The celebrity has a has an appearance. Wow, th- this show is really good. Maybe I'll tune in next week and and maintain my attraction to it. I So it's probably the same kind of thinking when it comes to television rather than just wrestling. Yeah, you know, I'm just glancing in the chat room, and when I was talking about uh, what I was talking about a few minutes ago with the centralized characters and whatnot, um, Metallopunk brings up the fact that, no offense, J.J., but Vince was a centralized character, too. Well, there's a big difference between Vince McMahon and Dixie Carter, one being that Vince McMahon knows his product, knows how to act, and knows how to do things, and is a great heel and was a great central point for all the faces in that company. Uh, Dixie Carter is not to that level she's not an actress she doesn't deserve to be out there in front of the cameras doing what she's doing i'm sorry when this company has become more about dixie carter in the last couple of months than it has anything else when you've got a company where you're every fucking commercial break pimping the fact that you can talk to dixie carter on twitter and facebook that's a problem people i'm and who sorry who gives a rat's ass whether you can talk to the head twat of the company on twitter really and let's not forget the fact and with all due respect to Metallopunk, as I see him in the chat quite often, and and, and his uh, his perspectives on, on on what's going on are, are generally bang on. But if you look at back in the day where Vince was the Mister McMahon, I mean, for for a time, JJ, he was the the most hated heel 
by everybody in the WWE universe in the company when, when the whole Stone Cold Mr. McMahon feud was going on. Nobody was a bigger heel in WWE television programming than Vince McMahon. You know, and, and it all took the start over the whole Montreal screw job. Correct. I mean, that's where the whole evil Mr. McMahon character came from, and it worked. I mean, Dixie Carter is just, you know, to take a phrase from Mark Madden, as Who Cares says in the chat, milking the money, Mark. I mean, when we look at this match, <clears throat> Sting and Kevin Nash against Jeff Jarrett and Samoa Joe, once again, TNA's been putting too much, too many eggs in their championship bracket basket, where I think a lot of people have forgotten about Sting's heel turn, why it mattered, why we why we don't know, and and I think a lot of people are just like, okay, Sting's a heel now, whatever, whatever. And, I mean, when Jeff Jarrett talks about the fact that this these guys are supposed to be the poison of the company and that they're just in it for their own gains, well, when you mention it two minutes a week where everything else gets mentioned 20 minutes a week, people really don't recognize that very much. Him bringing in Samoa Joe as his tag team partner is really the only thing saving this angle right now. And when it comes to a quick pick prediction... Uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm going to take Joe and Jarrett here, like probably Joe getting the, the, the finish off of Kevin Nash. We'll see what happens. Mark the Shark to Carla, what do you see going on here? Um, I, I really think that uh, Nash and Sting are going to go over by hook or by crook here. And having said that, that this feud between the four continues. Well, I think Nash and Sting need this win. So uh, I'm going to have to say as well that Nash and Sting, the Wolf Pack, whatever they're calling themselves. I really want to see where this angle's going because it's got me intrigued. I I'm really confused as to where they're going with this. But I'm going to have to go with Nash and Sting as well. well and, guys, uh, just because we were, we were talking very heated, we had Trey on uh, in his uh, call-in um, report from underneath the stage uh, at, in the impact zone and in the uh, Dixie Carter's locker room. underneath the stage anymore. <laughs> He's not in the, underneath the stage anymore. He's underneath but the ring now. When the the finish yeah. post uh, Abyss Rhino match finish was going on, uh, Abyss was doing this elongated promo into the camera, once again reiterating that they, not the SNS's they, but the TNA they would be revealed on ten ten ten. Well, hold on. Let me let me clarify something. I know Mace in the chat room is talking about they. We are they, Mace. They are not they. Me and the Trey Dog are they. I want to make sure that everybody's clear they. on that. Somebody would suspect that there are two different they's now. They are them. Are they, are they? Are they? And they're they. And you're either they or you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's are they and there's they're they. And either way, they are suspected to be gay not are they but they're they is gay did you get any of that no i no, just know that we I, are they I, I, i'm gonna go on record to say that i want the uh i i suspect the wolf pack to win this as well well you know what mark tape okay gotcha uh mark tape a lot of <laughs> uh a lot of people in the impact zone are cheering on sting and and booing jeff jarrett to this point they need some mojo in the ring but the that's referee's going to say he didn't see that tag. <coughs> Trey just said that's the dumbest crowd in wrestling, and truer words were never spoken. Quote the Trey dog, nevermore. Although I got to love the guy in the orange paparazzi production shirt, a tribute to the the old angle from, uh, oh, yeah. from Alex Shelley, Kevin yep. Nash, and our friend uh, Hotshot Johnny Devine. 
I've got a I've got a paparazzi shirt and a Team Canada shirt hanging in my closet. That's not all you got hanging in your closet. That's a story for another time. Yeesh. You're not Ooh. they. You're not. <laughs> so that maybe, means maybe he is part of they. No, he's part of them. He's not them. part of they. He's part of them. Not your they. Not their they. But Dave's they. See, so you guys, you you have to modify the Wrestling News Live opening and add some abyss quotes about they between now and October 10th. I think that would be a very good idea for you guys. Yeah, Trey, get on that. The well, pro- I was thinking about coming out with a new intro anyway, so. When he's talking about they, he's talking about us. Ouch. So, Trey, what do you think of uh, the third hour being used for for reaction rather than... I love it. Yeah, I love I'm it. actually not... I'm enjoying the show, too. To me, I think the wrestlers get a little bit tired of probably talking after every after every show. I mean, they talk to Madison Rain, uh, like... The night after one match. Oh, then Jarrett, Jarrett's the, got a pipe. Then before her match, then after her match. He's got the bat. But uh, it's an interesting concept. And he yeah, hits, like he hits I think it gives, it gives some people a chance to really, you know, get on the mic and talk that don't get a chance on impact necessarily. Exactly. To do promos. Yeah. Um, but like last week, the way that everything ended and the way that they started reaction with the way everything ended on impact. I was like, wow, this is really cool. You know, I like that a lot. Oh, it looks like it's over for Sting and Nash as the Coquina clutch has been locked in by Samoa Joe. And Jarrett's not letting Nash back in the ring. And Samoa Joe has earned the the victory over Sting. He did not tap, though, ladies and gentlemen. Sting was unconscious. (coughs) So Jeff Jarrett and Samoa Joe are the winners. And you my, know what, guys? My first loss of the night, Dave. Congratulations. Mine oh, as yeah, well. I, I Mine guess as so. Well. Yeah. Yep. I, I guess. And, so. and now Dave is still undefeated. Okay. This. This. No, I had Madison Rain in the women's. Match. Okay. All right. This does nothing for this storyline. Uh. Yep. You're right. It doesn't. Well, other I, I, than unless Stig says, "All right, it's time to you know really." Fast forward the game plan here because we need for whoever's coming to help them to get off their ass and get there. <laughs> Somebody bumped in the studio. Kill pot number one. No, just a minute. I think the other they tried to invade the studio, JJ. But we took care of them. Jeez, you guys okay over there? It's like you guys are tumbling on top of each well, other over here. Dave's box fell over. Easy, easy. <laughs> On that note, Trey, I think we're going to take our quick commercial break for the night. You want to kind of stick with us? Yeah, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. You guys break away. Smoke a what? He's going to go smoke a cigarette. Oh, okay. All right, on that note, as we're uh, obviously done with this match, Jarrett and Samoa Joe go over Sting and Nash. We'll be right back with more continuing coverage right here on the SNS Radio Network. Wrestling, it's time to join TNA Video Vault. 
TNA Video Vault gives you access to over 300 hours of TNA programming, including every pay-per-view and DVD ever released, as well as other exclusive TNA programs. Get unlimited viewing access for as little as $4.17 per month. Go to TNAVideoVault.com to get started today. I have voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. Since 1996, Audio Wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. Hola, this is Shelly Martinez, and you're listening to the SNS Network with JJ Sexay. and gentlemen of Wrestling News Live is proud to bring to you a day in the life of Ric Flair. Woo! 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 Rick, the dishes aren't done! Get the dishes done, Rick! 
to be the man, you gotta beat the man, and I'm saying, woo, right here, I'm the man. Or I'll show you who's the man. I'll kiss your boots if you can do it. Woo! That's it, pretty boy. It's on now. That's a domestic disturbance over at 707 Cordalis Street. This has been a day in the life of Ric Flair, brought to you by Wrestling News Live. Right here, the SNS Radio Network Sunday Night Showdown, bringing you live pay-per-view coverage of TNA No Surrender. And yes, I am the Godfather of the SNS Radio Network, the Mafia Kingpin here on the network. JJ Sexy, of course, I'm joined by the one, the only Internet Dave Standish, Mark the Shark, DiCarlo, and I believe still on the phone lines, we have the one, the only, the Trey Dog. Are you still with me, buddy? <laughs> He's probably still smoking, I think. He is still under the ring. Remember, we are they. I think. They are not they. They Trey, are them. He, Trey, are they. Trey might be back in Dixie's dressing room again. As long as c- one of us. Can. Completing her pubic hairstyle. As long as one of us. Do I hear him? That might be the beautiful people in the background as we speak, yes. Yes, very much so. M- maybe he had to uh, put the proverbial. Trade dog ball gag in the beautiful people's mouths just to muffle the sound of the tweezer extracting said pubic hair. Just a theory. Trey, are you are you there, people. Trey? I fucking hate old people. Ah. I think when you, when you get to a certain age, Uh-oh. you should be put in a cage. <laughs> okay, I do have an old people that an old person, Trey, that is giving you a problem today. Well, I'm at work, and this chick comes in, and she goes, do you have a pool? Yes. I answered about a million questions. And then she goes, can I see a room? Well, I don't ask a chick if I can smell her box before I nail her. I mean, come on. Just go rip the room and shut up and go do your business. But you should, Trey. It's usually a good rule of thumb. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did she ask to rent out the room by the hour? No. Okay. I have to clarify that. Just to see if she was part of they. Stupid people just piss me off. Ah, don't shit. I'm trying to watch a pay-per-view, bitch. <laughs> well, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think that, that because Trey is going on about this, maybe he's lifted the veil as to what his shoot job is. <laughs> Before we go any further with this, we are in the progress right now of the next match on the card as A.J. Styles, the phenomenal A.J. Styles, takes on Tommy Dreamer in an I Quit match. And Tommy smacking A.J. upside the back 
with the the lighting rig. That's a, that's a that's a par sixty four with no bulb can with no bulb in it, not plugged into anything as well. You think it was just a setup tool gimmick? As the referee moves the microphone into AJ, whose mouth is now covered by the lighting rig. Dear God, he's going to be electrocuted! Somebody stop this! And he basically says, "No, I do not quit." So uh, while this is going on, I'm going to go ahead and give my prediction. Um, I've, I've got to say, I think AJ has to go over here. I really do. So I'm sticking with Styles to go over Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, I'm going to take Styles as well, and uh, they'll play something where Tommy uh, passes out rather than giving up. So. Yeah, well, we just saw that with Sting, though. I don't know if we can do that again. Yeah, no, I don't think they'll book that. Well, TNA can do it again. Well, That's speaking true. of which, in a minute, we'll, we'll get back to that match between Nash and Sting because there's some uh, things we need to discuss. But Mark the Shark to Carlo, who goes over here? I sense that Tommy Dreamer is going to go over by hook or by crook, and then post-match you're going to have some involvement between EV2 and Fortune. Because we, we uh, during the commercial break, you and I talked, JJ, about the fact that really uh, AJ really is the only member of Fortune that has a an actual pay-per-view match. There's nothing to do with uh, uh, certainly with Beer Money or Ric Flair, and, and that would be a way to involve both EV2 and Fortune, and I picked Tommy Dreamer. Trey, who you got? This old lady that won't leave me alone. She's going over. <laughs> Is she part of they? Quit talking about Dixie, she's, Trey. She's part of EV2. <laughs> leave Dixie alone, Trey. We're not talking about um, Dixie. You know, it's really, for lack of a better term, fucked up. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with Dreamer. I'll tell you why in a bit. Okay. Trey's really busy at work tonight. He is, he is. Well, okay. So while we have time, let's go ahead and break things down. I mean, if you go back and you look at the match we just saw with Sting and Nash and obviously Jarrett and Joe, who are in this feud booked to be the faces, but yet we're seeing Jarrett pull Sting's baseball bat and use heel tactics to beat the guys that you think are the heels in the match. So... I just I don't get the psychology here. Where where are things going when you've got faces being heels? I, I just I don't get it. And, and what it does is it, for all intents and purposes, and it did it in the match. Is it confuses the crowd? Who I mean, as as a booking committee and as bookers in the show, and for all intents and purposes, producers of the show, you want your bad guys to be hated by the crowd, and you want your good guys to be loved and cheered by the crowd. And what that illustrated to me in that match, JJ and Internet Dave, is once again, the fucking booking committee at TNA doesn't know what the hell they're doing because by the end of that match, the crowd was cheering for Sting and Nash and hatering on Samoa Joe and, and Jeff Jarrett. And way to go... You morons! That's because Samoa Joe had nothing to do with that. Has has nothing to do with that storyline. And wasn't it originally booked as a handicap match? And I guess all of a sudden he he found a partner in Samoa Joe. Correct. So I, I'm very something confused. Like that. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's a case where maybe this is the emergence of where Samoa Joe can become in in 2011, and and this is just the first step to him regaining what he used to have, and staying in. Nash being willing participants in 
promoting that younger guy, despite that being the opposite of what they had been building up to this point. That's kind of why I picked Samoa Joe and and Jeff Jarrett to win the match to begin with. Okay, but hold on. I want to I want to get something straight. Apparently, the people in chat aren't getting this. Uh, Wookum Dip in chat says Jarrett is part of they. No, we are they. They are them. We are they. You're totally missing the boat on this. They are gay, and our they is not gay. We are they, and they have their own they, which has nothing to do with the SNS they. Now you're now you're confusing me. The bottom line is we are they. They are them. Get over it. <laughs> okay. Uh, to me, that just tells Trey me is that they. Trey, no, Trey is, is they. only part of they. Half. Right. Half. One half Trey of they. Trey is half of they. Right. Exactly. Collectively, they would be them. Then. To me, this really would no, sh- be us. Yes, me and Trey, we are they. <laughs> but they are not gay at all. No. From what I understand. No, we are not. Okay. To me, uh, that c- match really shows that that TNA really, I think, they have Bound for Glory booked, and they really haven't thought any further ahead. And I think they might be looking maybe month to month. T- World Wrestling Entertainment very likely, more than likely, already has WrestleMania booked. And now they're just booking backwards to get to that point, especially with this whole rumor of unifying all the belts and ending the brand split and Raw and SmackDown no longer being unique unique programs. I, we may or may not uh, talk about that further on in the broadcast, but TNA and Russo especially booking one month ahead where Vince usually has a plan together four or five months ahead. And once again, that was another part of a Heyman interview I heard a couple of years ago. Figure out what you want to do six months from now and then book backwards to today so that you can follow that path. But I don't think TNA looks that far ahead. And, and right now, the uh, like you could say back in the summer of 1998, the Sting heel turn over these last three or four months has been a complete failure because it's it's really not going in any long-term direction. I wouldn't call it a complete failure. I mean, I'm interested to see how it turns out. But, I mean, putting Samoa Joe in there does nothing for me. He has nothing to do with the storyline that I think they're going for, and that's Jarrett bringing in the people that helped kill WCW. That's what that's all about. What the hell's Joe got to do with anything? I don't know. I mean, but you talk about them killing WCW. I mean... We've got Russo, we've got Hogan, we've got Bischoff. They are already there. That's what he's saying is the blood is on your hands. You right. brought them here. Well, I guess Samoa Joe, is. it was just an opportunity for him to possibly get some revenge on Kevin Nash and, and get reintroduced. No, it, was I mean, put him, it was a way to put him on TV. Well, yes. exactly. After a one-month suspension for uh, complaining about the ending to his match with Jeff Hardy the previous month. Which is justified. Then... Uh, they had to figure out some way of doing it rather than him just showing up and, and starting to beat up on jobbers again. Dude, this Tommy Dreamer-AJ match has been off the charts. It's been – I just wanted to uh, – uh, I was just going to make mention of the fact, Trey, when, when, you, uh, when you illustrated that verbally yourself, and that this has been by far and away the best match on the pay-per-view so far, and you would suspect that that might be the case when you have two um, – historically excellent workers as Dreamer and AJ Styles, and it has been, storytelling-wise, in an I-quit match, which is not the easiest thing to do, outstanding. No, this has been the highlight of this pay-per-view so far. The fact that we saw AJ 
lock on, or was it AJ that locked on the figure four on the ring post? Yes. Yeah. That was fantastic. You know, we, we saw Tommy Dreamer uh, take the chair and work AJ's arm with that chair. I mean, very good match as right now Dreamer has turned the figure four around on and AJ we know Styles. the history that Tommy has with his own legs, so. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, this, this might be the one saving grace on this pay-per-view. Best match I mean, I've I seen think, I don't think the show has sucked. I mean, I, that, that's, that's the thing to me about that's That's where I draw the line and the difference between it and the WWE right now for me. You know, when I watch a show, I want it to be, you know, I want it to come at me from all angles, you know, and not Kurt angles. Yes. But uh, not obtuse angles. But uh, WWE programming right now, it's like their only storyline is Nexus and the six-man tag, or the six-man title match, maybe Kane Undertaker. Anything else interesting going on past that? No, you no. still you still got the Drew McIntyre Matt Hardy debacle. Now you've no, got... I said anything interesting. Ah, <laughs> well, I'm getting to that. Now you've got Christian and Alberto Del Rio, which I find interesting. Alberto Del Rio, That's the good. single the single most uh, hypnotic character to be uh, unveiled by World Wrestling Entertainment in many a year, and they're doing a really good job with him. And what he nice is doing talk. a really good job in putting himself over when he looks into that camera. And he winks. You know. He's got star written on. all over him. Oh, man. That, that character, for a guy who really spent his entire career as, as Dos Caros, a masked uh, Lucha Libre wrestler in Mexico, that guy, I, I know it's off topic right now. We're in the middle of a very, very good match between well, well, AJ hang, Styles hang and on, Tommy hang on. Dreamer. Before you go any further, yeah. I just want to bring everybody up to speed. Tommy Dreamer pulled out a fork told A.J. Fork you, went to go stab him with the fork, and A.J. hit the Pele kick. Beautiful segment. Oh, and face first, he tried to do uh, a plancha dive, and uh, the the defense for that from Dreamer was the kendo stick right in the face. Ouch. And then a second one right into the arm, and uh, we got a white Russian leg sweep here. No, nope, no, nope, this this is a pump handle slam. Oh, nice! Into a done. face buster. Did you just say a white Russian leg sweep? Yeah. The, Are you thirsty? The Sandman's move. <laughs> I swear to God, this outfit Tommy Dreamer is wearing. I think he stole out of uh, Alberto Del Rio's closet. Yeah, that's that's. It looks like kind of a cross between. Oh, we, speaking of cross, we got a cross face using. The kendo stick right to the eye and nose of AJ Styles. Can you believe what Tommy Dreamer's wearing? It looks like he was hanging out in, in Chava Guerrero's dressing room. He looks like a fucking luchador with that outfit. Actually, it kind of reminds me of a, a super crazy outfit from, from ECW from about 12 years ago. You still with us, Trey? He looks like an extreme superhero to me. <laughs> <laughs> All he's missing is a mask and a cape. Wow. Uh-oh. Looks like something Santo Loco would wear. Oh. You know, what, I, what I was getting at earlier was with the WWE, they've got just a few things going on. But in one impact broadcast, you've got five or six storylines that they're trying to advance. And to me, that's what I enjoy. Well, maybe is that only be because they only have half the programming time that WWE has? Two hours versus four hours a week? Well, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of it. But, you know, they've... To me, it just makes for a more interesting two-hour block of television. 
To me, if I was booking this shit, I'd have had Fortune out there at the beginning of the night cutting a promo talking about how it's their house, their pay-per-view, welcome to our show. As uh, AJ Styles sticks the fork in Tommy Dreamer's left eye. Ouch! Oh, God! Wow. He's not even going after the cut. He's got him fish-hooked on the right side of his mouth and the fork in his eye. And he quits. And he well, quit. Wow. AJ is the winner of this match. Uh-huh. Okay, well, I was wrong. And Dave, you were wrong. Now it's called Bucket. That's true. What, right. did, you, did you guys both pick Dreamer? Yeah. I, I was the only one that picked AJ? That's right. Wow. Yep, you were right, and we were wrong. Yeah. No, no, no. I had AJ winning. I had AJ. You're supposed but to be writing this shit down. I, I have it written down, and I just refer to it. No, I had AJ, but I, th- I thought that Tommy would pass out rather than give up. I think Dave lied, and he didn't. He's just retracted. And, and I, Shark, Shark had Dreamer. I did. You and I had AJ. And, right. and Trey had Dreamer as well. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, AJ's still the uh, world television champion. That was Sell never the eye, the line, Tommy. Though. Sell the eye, Tommy. Well, it probably won't be that difficult. Six down, two to go. Now, I, if this doesn't get rid of EV 2.0, when your leader can't even win an extreme I quit match, which is catered to his style. Yep. You got to get these guys out of here now. They got to ride off into the sunset. Thursday, they need to come out and thank the crowd for letting them have, you know, one more last ride. Blah, 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 blah. We're too old for this shit, but it's been great. <laughs> thank you. Goodbye. Well, you know because what? They've all lost. Yep. And, and you're right, Trey, but I'm hearing from a very reputable inside source that, in fact, Tommy Dreamer has the book right now in TNA. Good. So maybe. Maybe, which is fine, because I, I really like Tommy Dreamer's booking sense and booking head and booking prowess, yet it's time for EV2 to say bye-bye to their on-camera presence, no question. Yeah, I mean, they don't write storylines from inside the middle of the ring, so EV2.0 can go away, Tommy can go to the back of the back, and we'll have a you know party for them in their departure. Well, I think they might just be headed to one more extreme insane match at uh, Bound for Glory. I hope to not. Fill, to fill in that, that card uh, on 10-10-10. As we're ready for our two semifinals, is this going to be Anderson and Pope or Angle and Hardy? And only it's, it's only 17 minutes before the hour, and we've got two matches left. So there's got to be some inherent shenanigans that will be going on wrapped in and around these two matches, J.J., well, let me see. Let's let's go ahead and take a look at uh, what we've got first. We see the uh, the face painted wonder of the world, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Hardy making Eek. his way in the back. And it's funny, you know. Everybody knows about my three year old daughter Alexis, and you know when SummerSlam had kind of hit, I went and collected all of these Slurpee cups. The obviously the Undertaker, the Rey Mysterio, the uh, <laughs> what what? Thank you. Thank the, you. The John Cena Slurpee as. Apparently, Trey is playing with his toys in the background. He's playing with himself, or at least John Cena. Ooh, so that would be make Trey part. So that would make Trey part of the gay they then. No, no, no. He's, okay, he's still right. not gay they. All right. Okay. Anyway, bottom line, I went and picked up all of the uh, the different Slurpee cups from Seven Eleven, and I got a few of the uh, you know the big gulp cups as well. Uh, but here's the thing: my little girl still watches me play SmackDown versus Raw 2010. She's still confused because Jeff Hardy's in the game. And she says to me, Daddy, I want a Jeff Hardy cup. 
And I said to her in the straightest face I could, and it was heartbreaking for me to say this. I said, baby, they don't make opium-flavored Slurpees at 7-Eleven. You did not. I did. And she looked at you and went, okay. <laughs> yeah. But she might have said okay, but she was thinking, Daddy, what the fuck are you talking about? It broke her heart. Wait to a know minute. That. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Xanax in the flavor of Slurpee at 7-Eleven? No. You can't get weed flavor? No, I'm afraid not. I heard they have weed-favored Slurpees on Vancouver Island. Well, in a couple of weeks, I might be going to Vancouver, so maybe I'll check that out. You're going to go to Vancouver? Uh, it's looking like I might, yeah. Nice. Might oh, take a vacation. Drive. But will you be back in time for the Sunday Night Showdown Night of Champions broadcast? If I'm not, I guess one of you motherfuckers has to run the show in my absence. No, no, no. I think that, that you, you and if you're going to do that, maybe you should, you and Boom Boom should do a remote Sunday night showdown live from Vancouver. If I take a vacation and it's that weekend, <laughs> I will not be covering a pay-per-view. Sorry. Ah, okay. After doing four or five shows a week on this network, I think I'm entitled to a fucking weekend so, off. So there there might be no Sunday night showdown to coincide with Night of Champions then? Is that, One is way that or the saying? other, there will be a Sunday night showdown if I have to fucking pay somebody to sit in my place and take over this broadcast. Dave, it looks like you might be making some money that night, brother. Hello. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but Trey, you can't produce the show from down there. Yeah, he can. Could he? Yeah, can. Yes. Oh, okay. He's done it before. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Look, they asked JJ if he'd do Night of Champions, and he said, "You can't see me." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, Kurt Angle and and Jeff Hardy should be a fantastic technical match and it should be very entertaining for this crowd and it'll fill well, uh, the the last hour that these guys have that this company has what the fill. fuck was that sound effect trade on play that that last one again that was me saying go kurt okay right. <laughs> so predictions gentlemen kurt angle oh look dixie carter's on the screen centralized character dixie carter i would screen. pick kurt He's a centralized angle. Character. She is the centralized character, Trey. It's all about Dixie Carter now. The show builds around Dixie Carter and her Twitter and Facebook. And she's got security standing behind her twat. My Dixie wrecked. <laughs> well, you are there. Um, I'm sitting underneath Dixie. There you go. That's why she's got a stunned look on her face. You would, too, if, I was, if you were sitting on my lap. Fuck, the, the <laughs> thought of that is simply horrific. I wish you hadn't gone there. Why has Jeff got to paint his face like that? I don't get it. He thinks it's cool, man. He we, thinks it's cool, and he's the charismatic enigma. Well, at least now he doesn't paint his arms so that his opponents end up with green paint all over their uh, all over their bodies after it works its way off of uh, Jeff Hardy's arms. No, I think he's he's got full tattooed sleeves now, so he doesn't need to put paint on his arms. Yeah, that's true. Uh, anyways, I'd internet be showing off the sleeves. Anyways, internet Dave, you picked. I've got Kurt here. And I'll, I, I would be shocked if, if anybody but Kurt Angle not only won this match, but won the TNA World Heavyweight title at uh, Bound for Glory. Because he has to retire if he loses. Right. So, Yeah, and for that very reason, I want Jeff Hardy to go over here for reasons that I mentioned earlier. I think it makes more sense in the long run to have Jeff give Kurt that loss 
and to have Anderson beat the Pope. And then at the finals for Bound for Glory, you got the two guys that are the best friends in the world, Jeff Hardy and Mr. Anderson. And Anderson turns on Jeff Hardy and uh, and goes heel. I really think, to me, that's that's money. But maybe it's just me thinking that. But unfortunately, if he re- if he loses, he has to retire. So uh, thank you for telegraphing the booking. Once again, TNA, Kurt Angle goes over. Well, it's a case where, show me that. I mean, Mr. Anderson and D'Angelo De Niro are, are still to come. And, I mean, could D'Angelo De Niro, the Pope, have actually become the champion if he hadn't gotten hurt after the, uh, after the uh, Deuces Wild tournament or whatever they called it? So, Trey, who do you have going over here? I think I think Trey's busy. I, I think Trey, probably is, Trey's yeah. taking care of Dixie once again. But you know what? <laughs> I'd like to make a comment about JJ's theory about the potential heel turn of Jeff Hardy. I think that... No, Mr. Anderson. Or Mr. Anderson. I think that's the way to go in this whole... Oh, ouch, shit. Holy sick, stiff. Sick fucking powerbomb. Yikes. As Jeff Hardy, the back of his head... Is he knocked out? Just bounced off the mat. What a sick powerbomb. By Kurt Angle, I think he's legit hurt here. And Holy I th- and I fuck! Think, and I think Kurt Angle knows it too. Wow, that was that was that, that was sick, stiff yeah. and stiff and sick. That looks awesome. S and S. Watch the replay on this. Jesus! Oh wow! The back of his head fucking snapped right across. Oh my god! He had no time to put his arms back to break his fall and took took the bump on the back of his head, and I think that uh, Kurt Angle realized what had happened, and, and that's why he's got him in a bit of a rest hold, the side headlock, to give uh, Jeff some time to recuperate. Yeah, because this match is not going to go very long at this point. I think he might have a concussion uh, from that. I mean, that was sick. Well, and, J.J., they got some major freaking time to fill here They've at got 10 an minutes hour. before the hour. Well, they, they have. They have an hour. Maybe they're going to bring beer money down to do something, and I don't know, man, but they've got to do something because I can't see uh, Pope and Anderson going 45 minutes to an hour. I just I just No don't. way. And, I mean, even if they split the time, is this match going to go another 20, 25 minutes? I hasten to say no. Unbelievable. Well, either that or the broadcast will end at like 8.30 or 8.35, which, once again, would be a complete joke because – pay-per-views are normally two hours and 50 minutes or two hours and 45 i mean what was it wwe had a show what about two or three months ago that that ended at about two hours and 30 minutes and we all really bitched about that don't forget i mean i don't think we bitched about it it's just uncommon that 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 happens well don't forget i mean even two weeks after night of champions two weeks later is uh hell in a cell and i mean how often is two weeks two weeks later Wow. And once again, that tells you something about booking dates and, and priorities of cable companies because if, if TNA has to book a show on Labor Day weekend and WWE is book, booking shows two weeks, I know this isn't the first time, but is booking shows, I think they have three pay-per-views in seven weeks or something silly like that. It, I mean, that just shows you how much the Ultimate Fighting Championship, Shark is taking priority for the cable companies and and how much Vince uh, TNA probably not as much but Vince absolutely wants to avoid anything where he's got a double header with uh, the with the UFC, of a UFC with the yeah. UFC weekend yeah. I mean WrestleMania was a perfect example they had less than a million buys and perhaps a lot of people 
couldn't or didn't want to see both shows and picked their the UFC show the night before. Well, and here's something to think about, and that historically over the last three years, the biggest buy rate wise UFC pay per view has been the night before the Super Bowl. Right. And some of the biggest WWE buy rate, only based on buy rates, pay-per-views in the last couple of three years have been the Sunday after a UFC pay-per-view. Yet lately, Vince and, and the powers that be at World Wrestling Entertainment have gone extraneously out of their way to avoid having that scenario of being the second half of the weekend double pay-per-view header and going the day after a UFC pay-per-view, yet to TNA, it doesn't. they don't seem to give a rat's ass. And, I mean, with TNA, we've talked about it in the past. I mean, they've, they've booked Father's Day at least two or three years in a row. They've booked Mother's Day a couple of years in a row. And, I mean, yeah, most people are going to just give their mom or dad a call during the day and not spend the evening with them, especially if they live in a different town or, or anything like that. But at the same time, there's only 52 Sundays a year, and it, it can be difficult to book these pay-per-views. And I mean, I didn't know that, David. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Hell in a Cell is two weeks after Night of Champions. Yeah. Wow. And then, I'm, I'm and then, bra- and then bragging rights is like three weeks after that. Although that'll be that'll that'll be a show that'll have a completely different focus. The sure. rumor on that is Raw versus SmackDown versus Nexus is is the is the theme. Apparently, of bragging rights, which will probably very likely not focus on the guys who were in the Hell in the Cell matches three weeks earlier. So, if they can show a completely different focus, then that'll be the key. I mean, what Trey was talking about was interesting because remember in the old days, guys, when Raw and SmackDown had their own pay per views, which is why there were 16 or 17 pay per views, and then the big four was the shows that involved both brands at the same time. They had a lot more to do because the pay-per-view you were going to order was only based on Raw or only based on SmackDown. So they had to do everything twice as fast. So now <coughs> it's the same thing. You only have a two-hour impact to decide that you're going to buy a pay-per-view rather than four hours of WWE. So they have to go twice as fast. And if people think that's the incorrect way for TNA to do it, I'll disagree with them because... Like I said, you only have two hours a week or eight hours or ten hours out of a month to sell people to spend $35. Yeah, no, I, I really uh, agree with what you said, Dave. And uh, uh, you, you had mentioned something earlier on about 45 minutes ago uh, on Sunday Night Showdown tonight where you had either, correct me if I'm wrong, you either heard or thought that, um, that once they unify... The, the titles in World Wrestling Entertainment that you thought that that would be the end of the brand split um, and that Raw and SmackDown would, would be abolished, they'd call it one name, and that all titles and all characters might be on both shows on Monday and Thursday. Did you want to... Well, well, Monday that, and Friday, do you want to clarify that? Well, obviously they're merging the, uh, the ladies' titles this, this coming show at yeah. United Champions. They've already merged the uh, the tag team titles and introduced uh, new championship belts, which I think uh, might have been designed by an Ottawa Senators fan, if <laughs> if you know what their logo looks like. But um, I don't know. 
the rumor is is that Raw versus the Raw World Title versus the SmackDown World Title versus the Royal Rumble winner Triple Threat will be the main event of WrestleMania 27, and and that after WrestleMania everything will be merged. Does that mean that only the champions can go to both shows and and both brands will be on the same sh- will will continue the same way? I haven't really heard much about their post WrestleMania plans to this point. To me. A lot of people argue, even JR in his in his column this week argue that there's Jesus. too many belts. As Jeff Hardy hits a swanton onto the floor, onto Kurt Angle from the from the top of the of the ring, top turnbuckle. And prior but to, to that, me, he hit an awesome twist of fate two on Angle. So ex- there, there's his two finishing maneuvers uh, blown in 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 a minute. Exactly. However, to me, you need a goal to to achieve. Like I talked for a long time about how TNA needed that kind of world television title, that secondary heavyweight championship. And unless the rosters are merged, then what are guys going to go after? One intercontinental or U.S. belt? No, I, I think and, you, you and answered, stuff like that. So, Dave, I, mean, I, th- I think you really yeah. answered your own question. If you merge the titles and like before where all the title holders got to work and defend their titles on both shows, I think that that scenario would be taken care of. You'd still have the brand split, but you'd still have, like before, the title holders working both shows. Well, like I said, yeah. I mean, I, I could see two, 2011 being the same as, I think, 2005 or 2006, where the men's and women's champions went back and forth to Raw and to SmackDown, and we'll see what happens. Just to clarify the pay-per-view schedule, uh, September 19th is... The uh, United Champions. Then two weeks later is Hell in a Cell. Then three weeks later is Bragging Rights. Then four weeks later is uh, Survivor Series. Then three weeks later is TLC to close out the year for uh, for the Vince McMahon pay-per-view company. And TLC in December is what date, Dave? December the 19th. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. See, I- I'm really not happy that we've got all these pay-per-views coming up. I think it's ridiculous to have a pay-per-view and then two weeks later have another pay-per-view. I mean, to me, do we need two pay-per-views in October? I mean, the whole concept with bragging rights, can that not be carried over to November for the Survivor Series? I mean, you fuck for fuck's sake, the Survivor Series is supposed to be about four-on-four matchups. Can you not take the concept from bragging rights and fucking apply it to the Survivor Series? It's just McMahon getting greedy over, you know, fucking pay-per-view buys. And I think when you look at those stretch of pay-per-views where you have three or four pay-per-views in less than two months, your buy rate goes down big time. And I'm just not a big fan of that. Well, yeah, your average goes down, but your total revenue goes up, which to Vince McMahon is the only thing that's important. And when we talk about TNA, they can't wait until their monthly pay-per-view contract is over with because they want to do probably only four to five to six shows and very likely as the rumor is do those kind of clash of the champion live impact specials uh, on those non-pay-per-view months to uh, to draw a higher television rating and that's what which they draws should about th- 300 times the audience that's what they should do i mean you know some of wcw's best stuff was clash of the champions and and it's funny you mention that because um not yesterday but a week ago yesterday on WWE Vintage, that airs here in Canada on the Score uh, Sports Television Network, they had 
the best of the Clash of Champions, and some of the matches were absolutely off the hook. And and all the matches, and I think I mentioned to you this to you, uh, JJ, this past week, some of those matches that they've been showing on Vintage lately have been certainly far and away superior than anything that we've seen recently on either TNA or WWE television programming. As we see Jeff Hardy, he hit the twist of fate, went for the pin on Kurt Angle. Kurt kicked out. Jeff uh, ascended the turnbuckle and hit a modified senton onto Kurt. He's now climbing back into the on the turnbuckle to hit what looks to be another senton bomb or swanton bomb onto Kurt Angle. Goes for the pin, and Whoa. once again, Kurt Angle kicking out. Like, Jeff like, Hardy is incensed with the referee. Why is this not getting me the win as he goes one more time. I think we're about to see the finish of this match. Jeff Hardy climbing to the top of the ring post. The referee counting to five. Ah. And Kurt Angle got the knees up. Knees, baby, And knees. Swanton right into the knees of Kurt Angle did Jeff Hardy. I mean, the crowd in, in Orlando at the Impact Zone is really behind this match and really behind these wrestlers, but it's hard for us as commentators or probably you as, as listeners, as fans, to get excited about this because... We all know the stipulation. If Kurt Angle loses, he will retire. And, I mean, this road through the top ten has featured some very entertaining matches. And Angle, Angle slam. slam. That's it. No, he two kicks and a half. out. He kicks out. So, like I said, this is hard to get excited about because we 98% guarantee that Kurt Angle's going to win this. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, that's that really is the problem. I would love to see Hardy go over here. But when you've got a stipulation that if Kurt loses the match, he's going to retire, I mean, it's a no-brainer, folks. Well, to me, they could have still done the whole idea of Kurt Angle going up the top ten and involved it with a strategic kind of booking that he would face guys who were still in the tournament but in non-tournament matches, then have Van Dam come back because of, because of the lack of dates for two, 2010 that he has left, and have... A champion declared in the tournament that didn't involve Kurt Angle, so that it wouldn't this booking wouldn't be obvious, and then maybe it bound for glory if they can get Van Dam recuperated enough quickly, quickly enough. Have the champion versus Kurt versus uh, versus Van Dam, and then have Kurt win the belt at that time. That that's the theory I was thinking about. You know, I want to play a little game, and obviously we're not hearing a lot of the commentary right now because we have headsets on and are focusing on what we're seeing. But I want to start playing a game every time TNA's on where whoever says raise the bar, you fucking take a shot. <laughs> and within 20 minutes, especially if you're Hogan, how many times did Hogan say, we've raised the bar, brother, we've raised the bar, brother, we're raising the bar, brother, we're raising the bar, brother? It's because they've, they've raised the bar so many times over the course of their career while drinking, they think that it's funny to use the term raise the bar. That's like the new cliche for TNA. TNA, we've raised the bar. Well, and WWE is no better. When you listen to Michael Cole every week on, on Raw, spew, spew the fact we're the longest running uh, television program in episodic television. Weekly episodic, yeah. Yeah, weekly episodic television. There's some truth to that, though. Yeah, yeah but I know, but how many times a broadcast do we suffer through Michael Moron Cole saying that? I know, I, I just, like I said, one of the biggest problems I have with TNA is every time you turn around, some jackass is cutting a promo how they've raised the bar. And it, it's not just Hogan. And it's not just Tommy Dreamer. Nope. And it's not just this guy. And it's not just this guy. 
but they always raise the bar. Well, the problem is they're not hitting the fucking bar. So when you keep raising the bar, you're not even getting anywhere close. I and, think the bar just fell on the uh, production truck again. Yeah, as we're having issues again. <laughs> we're having pixelation well, it, issues. Well, it's not raining in Calgary. I checked no. when I was outside, but it's a case where... I mean, even when Mr. Anderson made his premiere, the first thing he said when he got the mic was, wow, it looks like I just crossed the line. And that got a huge reaction because, once again, they they do need some branding. They do need some recognition. But, once again, as TNA always does, they overdo what they do create. Well, Here's the hope, and when he wins the belt, he holds it high and says, TNA, I just raised the bar. <laughs> Thank you, assholes. And, by the way, I, I, I need to make mention of the fact that this match between Jeff Hardy and Kurt Angle has been very, very good. Very it good. Really has. So we've had we've had this match. We've had the I Quit with AJ. That's been really good. Yep. Everything up until then, shit, was kind of eh. Well, the shit. Well, the tag match. The, uh, Generation the, the Me. The, the opening a, tag a, match was okay. The yeah. Motor, in the motor a City in Machine a Gymnasts. Yes. Well, like I said, to me, that's just part of the three ring circus that wrestling's supposed to be. So. I don't mind the flippy, flippy stuff. And, I mean, real, realistically, it's a case where – is, is Trey sleeping? I think I he think, is. I think that's what that sound is. Somebody was snoring. Trey, are you with us still? Trey Dog, wake up, dude. I'm watching this match. What, are you bored during this match? No, I think it's a great match. All right, cool. Like I said – I'm, so I'm glad to see that Jeff Hardy was able to replace his white belt with a green one. <laughs> Did, did you see the sick-ass powerbomb Kurt delivered to him earlier? This has been a really good match all the way through. I mean, It has, yeah. I, I got up and helped a customer and came back, and they were still going. I was like, holy cow. So you, you obviously missed the uh, the sick powerbomb that Kurt delivered to to, to Jeff. I didn't see a powerbomb. Oh, no. my God, man. He fucking hit this powerbomb. It was about a minute into the match. I yeah. mean, just whipped his ass down to the, to the mat with the powerbomb, and Jeff Hardy's head bounced off the fucking canvas. And I thought he was dead. He was out for like a minute. They were trying to stall for time, and Kurt kind of walked away. No, that's true too. We have what the hell happened? We there? have a bell with no referee signal time for limit a bell. Draw. It's a time limit time draw. Limit draw. That's horrible. Twenty minutes. Wow! On a pay per view, they feed us a just just when you think that the booking committee at TNA could. Book something as stupid as you've seen in the past. They outdo themselves, ladies and gentlemen, and book a time fucking limit draw. Oh my D god! Does this mean that the main event at Bound for Glory is now a three-way dance? These two it against the winner to. later tonight, or to do be. they restart the match and Dixie Carter you have makes have an executive order? You have to have. No, a you got to have a winner. You got to have a winner. <laughs> Who's coming to the ring now? Probably Hogan. Probably Carlito. Who knows? No, that was oh, Bischoff. shit. Bischoff is going to restart the match, which means that this is just a pre-designated... Controversy creates cash. You know what? You know what? This I, is a I, rest break for the wrestlers. I'm okay if they restart the match. Yep. Jeff Hardy gets the win, because then Kurt can be like, I didn't lose the match. It was a time limit draw. Yeah, like the Bret Hart so WrestleMania 12. He saves face. They're going to restart the match. Here's Eric Bischoff. Yeah, they're obviously going to restart here. Another five minutes on the clock is decreed by Eric Easy Bischoff. Easy E. As we lose five the feed minutes. once again. Five more minutes. 
Well, at least this didn't happen 10 seconds earlier, and we'd be like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, we'd have to ask you guys what the fuck was happening. Here we go. Here we go. We got the video back. And uh, Angle's going for the angle slam, and he's going for the ankle. So that means he's going for the ankle lock, working feverishly and stepping and stomping on Jeff Hardy's left ankle. Okay, Metallopunk in the chat room. <laughs> you don't need a winner. Roberts Rude went to a time limit at WrestleMania 4. Yes, and they were both taken out of the tournament because it was a time limit draw, that was and a, they were eliminated from the tournament. And that was a first-round match, not a semifinal. Because you can't give him a bye, and then whoever wins out of Mr. Anderson and Pope De Niro is now the world champion. Yeah, there's no match, so and, you can't do that. Well, and uh, Hogan and... Hogan and Andre went to a no decision too, and, and they it. were taken out of it as well. Yeah, and DiBiase earned a buy into the th- yes into the third round, or but something. it wasn't yeah. the semifinals either. Exactly. Well, now they have a clock on the main uh, on the main screen here at the Impact Zone, which tends to tell me guys that that this match will end within the last fifteen to ten to five seconds of that five minute round that we're uh, that we're in the middle of right now. Well, God, I, I hope Jeremy Borash doesn't come out and fucking start, you know, counting down the last <laughs> minute or so, because yeah. I would hate to think that Kurt or Jeff would run into the production and fucking bitch and get suspended for a fucking month or two. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think we ha- we're going to have to be subjected to that again. I think that uh, uh, whoever sent Borash out to do that was admonished severely, and we'll never see that again. Well, you know what, guys? Like, I, I downloaded WrestleMania 4 recently and, and watched it. WrestleMania 4 is probably one of the top half, if not one of the top third of, of WrestleManias out of the 26. I really enjoyed that 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 tournament. And that Roberts-Rude match might have been the best. We lost commentary. We lost commentary again. Might be the best of those of those tournament matches. I mean, the, the, the final between Ted DiBiase and Randy Savage was excellent as well. But that was a great 15 minutes and a great time limit draw and a great... Uh, and a great pay-per-view. Well, and Meta- of course, M- M- Metallopunk is telling me, yes, you can. I, how does that work? It doesn't fucking work, man. I don't understand what your point is. How does a fucking time limit draw where neither one advances fucking help this out any? I, yeah, I don't and, get and your it, point, man. No, and it, it wouldn't help out the company in the least because they've been billing it as the semifinals of the tournament. And that Bound for and Glory the, is the big payoff. And, the, the, and, and that Bound for Glory is, is the finals. And really, if you eliminate... Both Hardy and Angle, that whole scenario. Top rope angle slam. Bang. That's it. That's got to be it. That's got to be the beginning of the end right there. Especially the back of his head hitting the fucking mat. Again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If Jeff Hardy comes out of this pay-per-view without a concussion, I'm going to be impressed. I think he's got to be concussed at this point. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, I mean th- think about it for a second, okay? If you have neither one of these guys win, and obviously... Two and a half. You go and have Anderson and the Pope. One of those guys comes out the winner. Then how how do you fucking like you can't have a bye? Then the guy that wins the semifinals is the champion. Exactly. Or the, the exactly. winner faces Van Dam or something. Who knows? No, no, who, but they're who, not going to do no, the no, payoff. They're not going to do that. They're, they're not, not going to do the payoff tonight. No, they damn well better not. Otherwise, you'd have to have Mister Anderson beat himself in the middle of the fucking ring at Bound for Glory. To become the champion. Or or if they're going to do that, if the time limit is going to expire and we're about a minute 26 away from the end of this, then you would suspect if it was a draw that Angle and Hardy would both not advance and that the winner of 
Anderson and De Niro would be the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. And then, in fact, that if that was the case, the winner of Anderson and De Niro might face a challenger at Bound for Glory. I'm just saying. No, 58 it, it, seconds. It doesn't work for this. Maybe that's the – I don't know. It, that, to me, does not work. There's not going to be a winner of this match at all. Kurt Angle's flat on his back. Well, at this as, point – As we go to black with less than a minute left in this match, thank you, TNA production facility. Either no the, shit, either because TN- it's on their end. It's not on ours. Yeah, either TNA is going to have to buy a new production truck or they're going to have to get uh, a rain cover for their current one because – this is unacceptable. We're down to 30 seconds, people. I feel like I should just count down from here. Well, Borash didn't give us the 30-second count. Yeah, where's Borash when you need him? Oh, nice kick out. Now we go for, you know, all these crazy Uh-oh. roll-ups and shit. Could we have a double count out in the last 14 seconds here? Yeah, we're down to Guys, the last... Guys, this match has been amazing. It, it, it's been it very, has very good. It's been very good. But it's whatever, awesome. There's no... You know, I mean, you got two of your top guys. Oh, and Angle Rose on top of Hardy at two seconds. No winner. No no winner. They delivered what they promised inside the squared circle. Well, you got two top guys. Absolutely. From a writing standpoint, you got to make both look strong, including your loser, so he continues to go on and save face. And uh, this is a great way to do it. As we see. Dixie Carter looking at her iPhone and then looking up at Eric Bischoff. Bischoff has a wireless microphone. Yep, we yep. got to have a winner. Got to have a winner. Right. Good. Restart the match. Five more. Another five minutes. Because we need to kill more time in the pay-per-view, and God damn it, we need 45 minutes, and we My. don't want the Pope... We don't want the Pope and, and Mr. Asshole to go 45 minutes. God damn it. Put, my, put my Jeff Hardy over. just informed me that with my 5 o'clock shadow and the stubble growing on my head and the gray in my beard, I look like Kurt Angle. I believe it. Wow. I believe it. You know what? I say put Jeff Hardy over here. For all the damage he's taken in this match. You took Hardy on your quick pick, didn't you? No, I, you I, did I, I picked no. Angle because of, all, the, of the finish. The but I'm changing it to, to Jeff Hardy. Dave, change it. I'm changing to Jeff Hardy. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm taking a risk here because seriously, I don't think they've restarted. Allowed. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They, I don't, I don't think that's allowed to change mid match. We don't have a winner, we, so shut we the don't, fuck we up. We never had that rule. Once we, <laughs> I turned your mic off, motherfucker. I'm trying to talk. Once you make your pick, Mark the Shark DeCarlo's mic has been turned off. <laughs> Once you make your pick, <laughs> I'm, I'm controlling this funny. bitch. Funny. I'm picking Jeff Hardy for the win. Jeff Hardy for the win. I can do that. A good update from Brass Eye in the chat room. It might be the cable company that Stop. we're dealing with because apparently uh, a lot of Toronto cannot get the pay-per-view tonight. Well, okay, oh, then, wow. then why is it we don't have the commentary in the background on the feet? It's got to be a TNA production. Yeah, I, I can't see it being a cable production. The, the commentary the has nothing commentary to do with the cable feed. Should I Should we, I get the weather report in Toronto right now? No, I'm going to fucking slap shit. you if you fucking do. <laughs> well, slap, there's, slap, there's slap. been no snow in Orlando tonight, which is good news, so... Fucking drama in the fucking production area right here yeah. in SNS Radio <laughs> Network. Yeah, this well, has got nothing. No commentary has nothing to do with the cable company, Dave. It's the production facility in the impact zone. Right now? No, we have commentary. no commentary whatsoever. Oh well, I do. We have what? crowd background. We have crowd noise Taz in the impact clear. zone. They're both talking right now. I ain't got shit in the way of we, commentary. No, we don't wow. have Taz or Tanay. Nope. This is here, check this out. Hold on. Let's see what happens here. This is technology run amok. 
shoulder right into the steel ring post. At full wow. Yep. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Latino718 told me uh, during the uh, Douglas Williams-Sabu match that his commentary was fine as well. So, Did y'all hear that? Yeah, we heard it. <laughs> so this is, this is very, very interesting. I'm saying blame it now. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. I'm going to blame Canada. Jeff Hardy's got to go over here, guys. Oh, now we've got the commentary back. Commentary's back. Hop here in Canada, the Great White North. Because I'm telling you, Kurt can save face. He can save face on this one. As Kurt Angle's been busted wide open. But I see JJ's point. Now Kurt can say, I didn't lose in regulation. So I'm not going to retire. It's it's the step. You got you know what? I'm telling you, bound for glory, you got to have Jeff Hardy and Mr. Anderson in the final. Just makes more sense at this yeah, point. Everybody, I mean, I, I, I mean, when I take off my wrestling host hat and I'm wearing my TNA T-shirt, I'm a Kurt Angle fan. I want Kurt to win the belt. Kurt or Mr. Anderson. Oh, bro, I, I'm a huge Kurt Angle fan, too. I'm not a big Jeff Hardy fan. Now there's only a minute 50 left in this segment. But at the same time, I don't want to see Kurt with the, as, with the championship again. He's been champion like 20 times. As they are uh, emulating the Bret Hart, Stone Cold, Steve Austin spot, although uh, Hardy doesn't have Angle in a sharpshooter, but uh, Angle's bleeding like a proverbial stuck pig. Well, they already have Oh, he's the, leaking uh, good. Dude, leaking. I, I am going to mark out if he fucking does not tap out and passes, and passes out the out. I will fucking mark like a five-year-old fucking girl. And this is an I quit. And this is after an I quit match. And we still have one more to go here. I mean, prepare what, to mark. What, <coughs> what could they be promising? Look at, look look at, at the, the blood. blood, Jesus! Goddamn TNA epic fucking match here. Yee. Epic fucking match. What could they be promising for Anderson and and De Niro if this match is we're, only the semi main event? We're trigger. down to the last no, minute. No, don't get into this, guys, because from what I've been told, you can have no self respect. Or you're a mental midget if you like TNA. So don't get into this or you guys will all be self-respect not having retards. Self-respectless midgets, correct? Mental midgets. Mental midgets, okay. Jeff Jeff is stuck in the angle lock. Good night, goodbye, Jeff Hardy. And he, I mean, he, oh. Tap, you blue-faced bitch. And he's uh, not facing the clock. He's fighting it. No idea, because they're not doing the Borash countdown. Except the referee, Hebner Jr. Hebner Jr. is looking right at the clock. But you know what? The referee did not break this up. Jeff Jeff was in the ropes before Kurt pulled him to the middle and did not get off of that. So that that might come into play as well. As we see time expiring, I think we're going to be going for a third overtime period as we see time expire. Yep. And the focus will be back. To Bischoff and this is awesome. well, guys, Dixie this, Carter. This is awesome. Does this build? The this reminds me, Dave. This reminds me, Dave, of a quadruple overtime game in playoffs in the National Hockey League. Awesome, right? You could make that argument. I mean, is this adding to the uh, suspense as, and the excitement? As we of- see, Eric Bischoff enter into the ring now. He's probably he's looking at oh, at Kurt no. Angle and saying he, he can't, can't continue. continue. Sorry, Kurt, we can't continue. A loss Give me five more minutes. They're going to put Hardy over here. Yeah. Oh, man. A Due to not being able to continue and blood. Yeah, but he's the man standing right now. Yeah, but Jeff Hardy's not fucking gushing blood out of his fucking head either. True. 
they're stopping it. They're pulling the MMA moment out of this. They're going to stop it and, and the, yeah. give it to Hardy. And the field producer is trying to. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Give I a notice to, to Eric yeah, no, Bischoff. Here, yeah, here here comes here comes the. And you're right, JJ. This is a an MMA ripoff where the trainers and the the state athletic commission doctor are coming into the uh, octagon to check on the fighter and then and start it, stopping the match. And here's Bischoff on a headset. Checking with God only knows who. Talking with the truck. Obviously. The I clear. thought this would be Dixie's decision. They're on the clear. Why go back to the truck? Yeah, I don't get the, that whole thing. As as Bischoff pulls Hebner Jr. aside and tells him what's going to happen. And they're they're playing off the fact that uh, Angle is bleeding profusely. Come on, Dixie. You're the president of the company here. No, I don't think Dixie's going to have anything to do with this. And 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 the the one trainer who's who's holding the towel over top of Engel's forehead is told Eric Bischoff, no, he can't continue. Bischoff wasn't talking to the back. He was looking at a replay. When you thought he was talking to the truck, he was looking at a replay. Yep, they've done it. Kurt has lost this match, and Jeff Hardy has got it. No oh. contest. What? What? Five minutes ago, you said there had to be a winner. Okay, now wow. they dropped the ball. They did. They really did drop the ball. Now you have to book a scenario whereby, uh, I, I don't know, maybe on impact, JJ, maybe on impact next week. In the, fact, there's there's not an impact her, next week. Okay, well, yeah, there's well no there impact. is, but it's online. There is, but it's on live online on TNAWrestling.com. So maybe... That's what they're going to do. They'll have a rematch between Angle well, you know what, Shark? And, and Hardy because they have – if they don't play that Angle, guys, then then the winner of Anderson and De Niro is your champion. Travis in the chat room, this is fucking stupid, but it works. I can agree with that. Um, you know what, though? If they stop the match because Kurt was bleeding like a stuck pig – they should have decided that he couldn't continue in the contest and unfortunately award it to Jeff Hardy. That's what makes sense. That's what they do in MMA all the time. Due to not being able to continue, that's what they call a technical knockout. Based on the fact that Jeff Hardy... Due to referee stoppage. Yep. And that's what they call it. It's, and, a, it's a TKO. And See, Jeff Hardy executed the move that led Kurt Angle to hit his head on the steel, uh, on, the, on the rink toe. On the ring steps. I mean, it was a great match, but up, up until, like, the finish there, I, I have a problem with the finish. The, the match was five-star. Absolutely. I mean, I will probably go back tonight and rewatch this match. They went for 30 minutes. And, and just, you know, mark my fucking ass over it because it was minutes, awesome. Yep. But the fact 45 minutes. Yeah, but the fact that you're going to end it and say, oh, well, it, it's a draw. It's a no contest. Well, you just gave us two fucking over, three overtimes. Like... That's the problem. Yeah, but he's saying, but he's saying that 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 you know, due to the referee and the, and the trainers, they're stopping the fight. He didn't say that you know they won't rematch or they won't you know something. To, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Th this isn't at th this time. At this time, they have to stop the match because Kurt can't continue, and and it, they'll I, probably have a rematch. And, and you know what? If you think about. The fact that there is no impact. Look at this, the crowd. Look at the crowd response. Yeah. To Jeff, to Jeff Hardy and Kurt Angle. If you, guys, if you think for a second that in fact there's no 
impact on Thursday on Spike. No, it's just... Sorry, the online thing is just going to be a review show. Oh, it's it's not going to be... uh, This past week on Impact, they said the new show will be in two weeks. Ah, okay. Well, so maybe they're going to have the rematch between Angle and Hardy in two weeks on Impact, and that would drive some some viewership for sure. You know what? One Man X has a perfect analogy in the chat room. It's like getting a blowjob, and then the chick stops right before you fucking... Yes. Bl- blow your wad. Yes. Before the money well, shot. You know what? If yeah. somebody hits me in the back of the hair with in the back of the head with a steel chair while I'm getting a blow job and I'm bleeding all over, I'm gonna stop getting my dick sucked too, because I'm gonna whip somebody's ass. <laughs> I hear you, man, but honestly, I really feel like when they stopped the match, they should have awarded it to Jeff. Just based on the fact Kurt couldn't continue. If there I'm, had to be right. a winner and they've made that twice Three times tonight, there had to be a winner. Well, in, in, then obviously Jeff had to go over there. In MMA let's, and let's, boxing, let's it would be in MMA and boxing, it would be your winner due to the fact that his opponent is unable to continue, right? But this is obviously just the beginning of what they're going to do with the continuation of the whole Angle Hardy match or scenario whereby one of them will be, in fact, a winner and go on to uh, Bound for Glory to face the winner of, uh, of Mr. Asshole and the Pope. Now, here's what's fucked up. If you as a writing team and a booking committee knew going into that match that's how this match was going to go with the two guys that you had in it, how on earth could you put the Pope and Mr. Anderson to follow that? Yeah, that, that's a mistake. They really should have had this match first. They're going to have to do some crazy shit in this match to top what we just saw. Well, okay, the fact that these guys are the main event is, well, questionable. Why doesn't Kurt Angle, Jeff Hardy main event this pay-per-view? That was, they don't have the history. They don't have the history these two guys have. No, but Kurt Angle has a history with everybody he stepped in the ring with, and so does Jeff Hardy for having great matches. I mean, no offense to Anderson, I'm a fan. No offense to Pope, I'm a fan. But why are these two main eventing when your two marquee guys were Jeff Hardy and Kurt Angle? I, 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 I don't understand it. I don't have a problem with that as long as they pull it out, as long as they do their well, job. But, Trey, how are they going to fucking uh, – you see what I'm saying? They can't surpass what we just well, saw. Well, don't say can't. We don't know yet. All right. All right. You're right. I, I won't say that. Reserve judgment, JJ, until we, see judgment. It, until we see it being played out. And, uh, um, I'm taking the asshole, by the way. Oh, yeah? Okay. Well, there you go. As uh, as the trade-out kicks off quick picks on this match. Well, he's my pick as well. Uh, I've said that all night. So Me or Mr. Anderson? <laughs> You're the <laughs> asshole. I'm telling you, Trey, we need to go ahead and market the shirts. We are they, and on the back, the WNL logo. We are they. We are they. they. Are they are them. Or we are they. We are they. We are they. they are them, just we are they. No, no, just the we are they. We are they. That's let, it. Let, let's keep it simple. We are they. And then the, have WNL on the back. If there was going to be a second catchphrase on the byline, it would be we are they, they are gay. No, but I don't no. like I just like we are they. That, that's cool. And you know what? I, I think that unequivocally the Pope D'Angelo De Niro is the second biggest babyface right now in TNA that is so hugely over with the crowd, but the guy that's the most over with the crowd, RVD, is out. So 
um, th- there's there's a theory that in fact the Pope will go over, but I don't see anything other than Mr. Anderson going over in that match. And, and Sean in the chat, DTA says, "Remember, JJ, if you give one away, you have to actually send it to the person. You can't promise something and not send it." But don't worry about that because we're going to make you motherfuckers buy a shirt. We're not just going to give you the shirt. Fuck that. We are they. We're WNL. No giveaways by they. You can buy the shirt. Support the show. I got to feed my kids. I'm, I'm a mental midget. <laughs> <laughs> I have no self-respect because I watch TNA. Who the hell said that about you? Oh, nobody. Uh, do we... Do we have time for some breaking news, gentlemen? Yes, we break, do. Break. I have time to go smoke a centralized cigarette. That's it. Okay, well. Will, will thank- the combustible that you'll be smoking be legal? Yes. Okay, all right. All right, thanks to uh, Latino 718 uh, Credit uh, Pro Wrestling Insider, a local Fox television affiliate in Tampa is reporting that Jim Neidhart has been arrested and charged with two counts of possession of a controlled substance. Two counts of trafficking in a controlled substance, one count of burglary of an occupied dwelling, and one count of grand theft. According to the report, Neidhart was arrested in Florida after deputies were alerted to Neidhart being loud and yelling as he attempted to open a pill bottle while pumping gas at a gas station. Uh, Neidhart was argumentative with the authorities, leading them to pat him down and find 28 methadone tablets and 95 OxyContin pills. Several pill bottles in Neidhart's possession were belonging to neighbors who had recently reported them stolen. Wow. So there's your breaking news. I don't even know what to comment on that situation. I mean, uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, oh, wow, in some legal trouble there. I, I hope that. I hope that's a false report, but, I mean, I don't oh, know. I can neither confirm nor deny it. According to the television station in, uh, in Tampa Bay. So, so thanks to... Uh, Thanks to Latino 718. Did you say trafficking in a controlled substance? Trafficking in a controlled substance, yeah. Ah. So, who knows? Um, that, could, that could lead to some jail time for uh, Jim. Apparently, it's, it's uh, breaking into someone's house and stealing their pills is the, uh, is the, the simple version of it. So. Um, and then, who knows? I, I think the stance I'm going to take on this whole story is the fact that, well is the fact that I'm going to shut the hell up about all of it until it comes to fruition. I'm uh, uh, kind of close with Jim Neanville Neidhart, although not recently, over the last couple of years since he moved from Calgary to Tampa Bay, Florida. Um, I will share the fact that um, I have put in a, uh, a message to the Anvil. and uh, Yeah, he just now like called the Anvil. To check on that story. and uh, I, I did. I was so flabbergasted and taken aback by you, Dave, reporting the breaking news that I, I left a message with the Anvil. And uh, I, I'm not going to say at this point that I'm going to share the details of the conversation that I'm sure I'll have within the next 24 to 48 hours with the Anvil. But I'm sure it'll be widespread across the Internet. But uh, um, And I'm certainly not going to share the particulars of my conversation when I do have it with the Anvil, but I am surprised yet not shocked. And that's all I'm going to say about that at this point. Fair enough, fair enough. 
Like, we don't know the situation, so, yeah, I don't really – sad news, though. You know, if you're a fan of, obviously, Jim Neidhart and Hart family, that's that's not good news. And Well, well you know what? My heart goes out to Natalie. Yeah. And, Absolutely. And, um, yeah. And and as as uh, it was a, it's a huge coming out party. October the eighteenth, Monday Night Raw is here in Calgary at the Pengrove Saddle Dome. It should be a huge homecoming for uh, Natty Neidhart, T.J. Wilson, Tyson Kidd, and uh, and Harry Smith, David Hart Smith. Um, this is some huge negative news. Um, and the amount of charges and the amount of um, things that, that went on and the breaking in to procure the illegal substances is a rather large amount of of charges. And, and you know, God help my friend Jim Neidhart. Well, but you know, but if, 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 if he goes and if he goes to court, and and gets convicted, I would hasten to say, my friend the Anvil is going to be spending some time behind bars, and I, I'm sad to say that. And well, I'm very upset. That's w- that's well, all I got to say. And like I said, I think we should reserve judgment. Let's find out the story from from Jim Neidhart yeah, before we say anything else about it. Uh, it sucks to hear that news, but. That's just the way it is. And uh, I really hope it's a scenario, Jeff, JJ, and, and Internet Dave, where the anvil was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I can only hope that that was the scenario. I hope so. And, you know, somebody said something about, uh, I think it was Trent Phoenix in chat saying it looks like they're probably going to take the belts off of the Hart dynasty. I don't see how Jim Neidhart's problems have anything to do with what they do in a ring. Absolutely nothing, and they will reference it not for a single solitary all. second on WWE television programming. Um, do we all have uh, Mr. Anderson in this match for the quick picks? Uh, yeah, I, I certainly do. I know Trey picked Anderson. I'm I'm going with him. As I've said all night, I'm picking Anderson to win this. It looks like the Pope's got him right now at a 69. <laughs> well, we're actually forward from that, but yes, it kind of did. You know, back to a little wrestling chat. I had mentioned a couple times that I'm a mental jit. And that you have no self-respect. You would never believe who those quotes came from. And it wasn't generalized towards me personally. I just took them personal as a wrestling TNA fan. TNA wrestling fan. Right. And apparently those comments, and I could either confirm nor deny, but I'm pretty sure that they're true, were from somebody you would never expect. Okay. And that was Brian Alvarez. Wow. Who I consider to be, you know, one of the more knowledgeable news sources out there. That's what I was trying to get at the other day was I just don't understand how people can be considered a news source but give that kind of an opinion of the product. You know, tonight's pay-per-view has been off the hook. Well, not entirely, Trey. The first I mean, couple well, matches I mean, were bad, man. Seriously. No, no, pay-per-view has, no pay-per-view has, you know, 100%, you know, can't miss matches. No, but they, they're not all shitty either. And, and I'm granted the last couple matches have been fine. They've been very good. AJ and Dreamer was great. Hardy Angle, best match of the night. Probably one of the best matches I've seen all year. But prior to that, there was a lot of shitty matches. 
Well, I don't know if they were shitty matches. I think they're just... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't think they were booked properly. Well, and that's that's part of them being shitty. But the in-ring work between Sabu and Doug Williams was absolutely... Oh, Sabu shouldn't even be in a ring. Well, none of the guys from EV 2.0 should be. That's the problem. Well, I mean, Dreamer did well. Yeah, Dreamer did good. I mean, he was in with AJ Styles. Rhino, Rhino did well in his match. Yeah. You know, I wasn't impressed with the beautiful people match and you know against Madison and Tara. No, that's not what they're out there for. Well, I understand that, but that's why I'm saying that it's it was a bad show from those matches. Now, these matches have saved it, although I'm finding this one quite fucking boring because they just went behind a fucking phenomenal match. That's bad booking. Right. Really bad booking, and that's bad, the problem with this company. Though. Yeah, really bad. But by the same token, you don't want to end your main event of the night with a no contest. That's true. That's why I shouldn't have ended it in a no contest. I think that the way they pulled that out was, was really shitty. That match was great till the ending. And I just it really hope they give this up. one the time it, it deserves. Do what now? I hope they give this one the time it deserves. They don't cut it short because they're getting close to the top of the hour. Well, it's, it's getting there. I'd give it another seven or eight minutes and it's done. And I just I just can't understand why these two main evented the pay per view when it should have been Hardy and and Angle. Like, well, I mean, it's almost safe to say these two are just as over, if not more, than the two of them. Well, I I understand that, but and they've got a history with each other recently. Well, no, and I understand that, but at the same time, Angle and Hardy are two of the biggest names in the business. Anderson and Pope aren't there yet. You can't dispute that. that one. I agree with you on that one. So what what were we thinking? Uh, three way dance at the pay per view, or they do it again on Impact in two weeks? I say or? they do it. I like Shark's idea. Do it in two weeks. Generate some uh, viewership on Impact. Well, I mean, if but only by the, same, by the same token, you know, this could be a five star pay per view, and if it fell in the woods and nobody was watching, would it generate a buy rate? Well, I mean, at the the fact that on, based on JJ's prediction, if there's only seven thousand people who are going to order this show, them and the Internet Insiders. I mean, isn't, yeah, but isn't even the, the most disgruntled TNA guy, you know, Mark Madden has to give credit to Hardy and Angle for that match. Absolutely. And if enough people talk about it on the internet, whoa, what a phenomenal can't miss match! They're going to do it again on free TV. Even that gets a little bit of a rub. But that's eleven days from now. I'm not. I'm not really trying to argue the opposite side. I mean, but like I said, this is this is eleven days from now that that. They can have the next live follow up to to this show. I mean, oh, I agree. Spike TV fucked them in the ass and broke it off. But yeah, just the fact that this is a huge follow up. I mean, I don't know why you booked this huge follow up on on a in in a week where you cannot follow up the answer to this mystery until eleven days later, guys. It, it it's it very strange, and I'm surprised that th- that 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 wasn't the main event. Maybe the fact that. They knew that people would know exactly how much time would be left in the uh, in the show. Would say how many overtimes there would be. But I mean, obviously, they're expecting quite a lot from Anderson and De Niro to to be the the showstopper. I mean, really, guys. Before the crowd's the- as into this match as they've been any match all night. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know what? Uh, I really think that what happened in the Hardy Angle match was was so pre booked, and this is a way to hook the crowd into watching the rematch 
with Angle and Jeff Hardy. And if that's the case, you know what? It just might work, and it just might heighten their viewership and their ratings for the subsequent Impact show in or, two weeks. Or here's another thought, and I, somebody in the chat room was saying this. I, I apologize for not giving me credit. But maybe this will be a no contest as well. And then at Bound for Glory, at Bound for Glory, we'll have a four way dance. Three matches. Oh. You'll have the two semifinals. That would be neat. And they move on to the finals, which I thought they should have done in the first place anyway. You know, w- and that's funny you mentioned that because I, I was thinking uh, earlier this week when was the last time that any wrestling oh. promotion had a one night tournament? That was for a the, title. That was quite the 69 that, uh, that Anderson and Pope were just involved you in. You had to say that, didn't you? Well, you know, we Trey, Trey got me thinking about it earlier, and they just did it again. Guys, so. uh, uh, they're thinking about, they are thinking about it again. Guys, great. Them are thinking about it. They great, are not. Sorry, great theory in the chat room from Tony O. They didn't want to see uh, Impact get embarrassed with a horrible rating against the uh, the opener between the Vikings and the, uh, and the Saints. Well, that makes sense. Totally. Now hold on, hold on. Metal Punk says, "How many times have you seen a match on the undercard be wetter th- be better than the main event?" Well, or wetter. This is or one wetter. Of those times. Um, I I have seen those before. Actually. Me too. Me too. I, I can't think of any offhand. That's because um, they're few and far between. Oh, the one that sticks out the most, uh, WrestleMania three, Macho Man Randy yep. Savage and Ricky fucking Steamboat. Completely a much better match. Greatest WrestleMania than match Andre in history. And Hulk Hogan. Yeah. There's your biggest example right there. Oh. Yeah, but the fact you had to go back to WrestleMania 3 tells me everything I need to know. Well, there's more. There's been some since then. I just can't think off the top of my head. The that most, one stands that out. That tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> okay. I hear you. That's the thing about Trey that I love, man. We just argue and we fucking never agree on it's anything. It's called chemistry. Well, I mean, with as much shit as you know about wrestling and matches and history, if you can't come up with something on the fly, then that tells me the answer right there. I just gave a really fucking good example. Well, and Trey and went back to WrestleMania fucking three to get it. And, and, and you know what? I, I agree with what Trey just said because nobody is a bigger walking encyclopedia uh, in the world of professional wrestling than JJ Sexay. So uh, you're right, Trey. If he's got to go back to WM three to come up with the scenario that the an undercard match was better than the main event, then it be said and it be the truth. Hart versus Owen at WrestleMania 10. Thank you, Latino right. 718. Okay. Michaels and Taker at WrestleMania 25. Batista and Taker at 24, although that was a double main event, so you really well, can't Double main count. event, you bastards. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, before the Elimination Chamber concept, really, I mean, the No Way Out pay-per-views prior to WrestleMania, were, except maybe the one night that the NWO showed up, were never really that memorable. Leading up to WrestleMania. This is the best. I've seen the fucking Pope look in a long time. Yeah, this is a good... I mean, it's been a good match. It started off slow. It's progressively gotten better. As we see the... uh, I used to call that the... uh, Used used to be called the victory roll from the Edward Carponche days about 30 uh years ago. Used used to be called the... uh, What was it? The uh, Lambo Leap? Green Bay something? I don't know. Something, something like that. The Lambo leap was from the uh, from the top, but he's done yeah. that. It's still called the same thing. The, the, the Green Bay roll? plunge or something. Green shit. Bay plunge? No, something. Anyways, yeah, the Green Bay plunge or something because the Lambo leap is hey. what the Packers do when they uh, celebrate a touchdown. 
Oh, so close. I thought he had it right there. Well, I mean, if, if you're just joining us and are not aware of what's occurred earlier, uh, the Motor City Machine Guns defeated Generation Me as uh, London Brawling could not make the pay-per-view, or there, there's some issues about that. There are going to be a lot of issues. Something, something coming, about volcanic ash residue, <laughs> I think. Or Come, that we're hanging out with the with the anvil. Coming out, <laughs> coming out of tonight. Volcanic ass. What the hell is a volcanic ass? Somebody stop a Taco Bell before the pay-per-view? Totally. Oh, <laughs> uh, Doug Williams over Sabu to retain the X Division title. Velvet Sky over Madison Rain. Mike, Mike check. check. It's over. That's it. Abyss it's over Rhino. No, nope. oh, he kicks Ooh, out. Wow. Believe it or not, and the well, the typical Earl Hebner clue that it was only going to be two and a half. The I, way I smell another no contest. Ab yeah, Abyss over Rhino. Yep, Jarrett and Joe over Sting and Nash. But the question is, will they get an extra five minutes and then another five minutes it's and only, then another five minutes? It's only a quarter. To, it's only a quarter to the hour, so you never know. Styles over Dreamer. Blanketed I, statement. Thank I, you. Well, I, well, they I, initially said that it was. That it was a 20-minute time limit, and then they did two overtime periods. You know what? I think that we've witnessed two different pay-per-views tonight. One really shitty. That was the first hour in the first three matches. And then the the last hour and, and a bit has been pretty damn freaking entertaining, JJ. I, I agree. I mean, I, I thought the guns match, like I said, was Ouch. just over-contrived. Another mic check. I, that, that, that's it. That's it, because he hit it from... Uh, Good night. Yeah. Yep. yep. Anderson goes over. Right in record time, too. It's about time for the pay-per-view to end. Perfect timing. So we're all right on that one. Anderson goes over. So now it's Anderson versus question mark at Bound for Glory. I think it's going to be Anderson versus the winner of Kurt Angle and Jeff Hardy coming up in two weeks on Impact. And, and, if, and if anything else other than that happens, I call bullshit. However, the only other situation that I could see as we watch Mr. Asshole spit on some of the Pope's money, uh, the only other situation I could see, J.J., would be a triple threat at the pay-per-view. I know hope what? not. It wouldn't I really hope me. not. It wouldn't surprise me. To do the right thing would be to have the continuation or the, the rematch, if you will, of Hardy and Angle at Impact in two weeks. As we see Mr. Anderson come ba coming back into the ring, he's got some of the Pope's money, and he's, and he's making a little paper airplane with the money. And I think he's going to make it fly to the Pope. I thought he was making a drug straw there for a second, but... Uh, well, I don't know. Take it back to Jeff in the back, you know. Here's some money, you know. Yeah. Maybe he was looking for some cash to pay off Jim the Anvil Nightheart. That's possible. Already Trey with the Jim the Anvil jokes. Never too early for an anvil joke. Not from an asshole like me. That's right. I was an asshole before being an asshole was cool. I've heard that. Can't wait to see the, the We Is They shirts. All over, uh, all over the internet, uh, starting tomorrow. No, no, no. Morning. The shirt is we, we are, are they. they. We are they. Not we is or as. The fuck, man. Well, that's we, for our African American they. followers. We, we as they. they, motherfuckers. Actually, wouldn't it be we bees? We bees they. We bees they. We, we bees they. they. Yeah, that'd be kind of like the killer bees. Yeah, we, we bees they. <laughs> <laughs> we be them. You bees them. You. Be <laughs> 
You bees them. You're right. Don't worry, One Man X. When we send you your T-shirt, it won't be an envelope because you think it's a bill and run off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> there's, there's a shoot if I ever heard one. As we see Mr. Anderson in the ring asking for the microphone. Oh, my God. That was uh, <laughs> that was good, Trey. Wow. How do you follow that one up? You think he was inferring that he's a cheap bastard? No, I love X. I'm just giving him shit. Yeah, All right. X is cool, man. <laughs> I pick my battles wisely. <laughs> <coughs> oh, shit. That one got me. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> time to do promo time. Tonight. Do what now? It's karaoke promo time, ladies and gentlemen, on TNA. Well, we have all of our eight matches uh, taken care of. And like I said, guys, I mean, this is this is just a, a piece of a puzzle to bound for glory. I mean, this was never going to be the greatest pay-per-view in TNA and, history. And Internet Dave, who won Quick Picks tonight? Uh, I think you Jeff did, and, didn't you? Well, Jeff and I did, actually. Or no, I... Once he changed from no, we got to cancel that out because there, there was, was a no, no contest, contest, bitch. Exactly, yeah. yeah. There was a no contest. So Jeff and I were tied, tied, and uh, you picking Tommy Dreamer is what made it not a three-way tie. So that's right, bitch. I, I can't. Uh, don't be calling me bitch, motherfucker. Anyways, uh, I, I'm glad that there was a tie because then we don't have to listen to bitch. one to one preening and. And glowing and well, putting hold on a second. Over. Hold on a second. If there's a tie, I, I I can't I can't live with that. We got to break the tie. How are get, we going to break the tie? Give us five more minutes, and I will five put, <laughs> five more me, minutes. Give me five more minutes, and I will put Internet Dave through that table right there. <laughs> okay, here's the stipulation for the overtime: five minutes. It's a must make your opponent tap to win quick picks tonight. Well, and you can do it over there in the playroom. And we'll get Lexi to referee. What what happens if he gets busted open? Are you going to come in with the towel and, and make sure that it's a no contest? Um, no. I mean, there must be a winner here. Th there, yeah, there must be a winner, and color cannot... The bleeding will not stop the match. How about that? Wow. I'm tempted to go turn the 360 on and fucking put Internet Dave through a table. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should do that. I, I think, seriously, we should... Hook the three. I should turn the three sixty on right now. Pull out JJ Sexay and Internet Dave, and the person who makes the other person go through the table wins quick picks tonight. All right. I, I don't play video games. Well, that's why you're gonna fucking lose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I tell you what, you can be mad about it and forfeit now, and, and put me as the winner, <laughs> or you can go through the table. Oh, man. Don't submit. Don't submit. Well, Dave's tapping out, so I guess I'm the winner tonight. All so, right. There you go. Officially, it was a tie on Quick Picks on Sunday Night Showdown. <laughs> and, Trey, what was that? Can't see me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can see you. We can also hear you. Well, we're seeing the uh, preview to the uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's pay-per-view offering, one of WWE's monthly pay-per-views, in case you didn't buy the DVD. And, guys... We've uh, both seen Shark and I have both seen the doc and both really enjoyed it. So, so uh, and JJ's got the doc now, so he can watch it this week and uh, or maybe tonight. So we recommend it if if it's actually that I, you I, have. Well, I give the Ricky the Dragon DVD two thumbs up. My my question is this: When you guys saw the doc, did they give you a little penicillin to clear that shit up? Wow, that coming from the the doctor of the SNS Radio Network, doctor put it in. 
the former gigolo. But on that note, we're going to take our final commercial break of the evening, come back, do a little bit of a post-show, maybe take some phone calls. Very limited on the phone calls. Ask your question, and we're going to leave it at that. We'll give you our answer, and we'll move on. Got emails to read. And uh, on that note, I think Trey's going to stick around, but we'll be right back with more. What? Well, one other thing. I, I got to run. I can't stick, stick around for the post show tonight. So uh, thank you to uh, Trey and to JJ and to uh, Internet Dave. Uh, I had a great time, although, the like I said, the pay-per-view was kind of two different pay-per-views in one. Uh, don't forget Action Packed MMA Now uh, on Friday this week with uh, – with myself and Jesse Bain, and uh, on behalf of the Shark, see ya. You guys are coming back. Yep. All right, guys, we'll be back right after the break. You're listening to the SNS Radio Network, Sunday Night Showdown, covering TNA's No Surrender. We'll be right back, guys. Someone started on this, and I'm going to find them. Hey, JJ, we got a little bit of time before wrestling starts. Uh, anything in particular you want to watch on TV? I don't know, man. Seriously, whatever you want to watch is fine with me. Dude, let's watch American Idol. This is American Idol. Plus, there's a little bit of ego that's getting out of control with you, I think, based on what your friends and family are telling me. Well, dude, dude my ego needs to stay, stay, stay intact. You're more embarrassed than Clay is. Yeah. You believe that you've created everything for all of us, correct? There's a song, and I do credit YouTube for the song. You want the credit, you get the blame. I'm guessing you want me to lose every kind of point and, oh, fuck's sake. Okay. A power and a force that you've never seen before. They got the ability to morph and even up the score. No one will ever take them down. The power's on their side. Go, go, Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers. Muddy Morphin Power Rangers. There's the chorus. See, it, it, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that good. <laughs> you guys can't sit there and say Crowley's not the man because uh, I'm surprised he did it, quite frankly. That was awesome. All the props to Curly. 
Absolutely. Now let's smack him in the face with Matt Hardy's penis and move on. <laughs> Get out of here, you fucking poor kid. Be a champion means you write your name in the book of WWE history. To be a champion means I'm awesome. To become champion made me who I am today. Being champion means that I am the best. Now, on a night where every championship will be defended, whose moment has come? WWE Night of Champions, live Sunday, September 19th, only on pay-per-view. With WrestleZone at www.wrestlezone.com. Your one-stop shop for all the latest news and rumors in the world of pro wrestling and cutting-edge editorials by former WWE announcer Kevin Kelly and former WCW announcer Mark Madden. An extensive forums board for the casual wrestling fan. Stop by and sign up to chat with knowledgeable wrestling fans. With WrestleZone at www.wrestlezone.com. Can you dig it, dig it, sucker? Sucker. Uh, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion, and you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Can you dig it, sucker? Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. Guys, we're back right here on the SNS Radio Network. Continuing coverage of TNA's latest pay-per-view offering, No Surrender, where we had a no contest between Jeff Hardy and Kurt Angle. The match that should have been the main event. There had to be a winner, but yet Eric Bischoff decided that we just couldn't do it tonight. Well, Kurt Angle didn't surrender. No, he did not surrender. He did not surrender. He wanted to keep going. He did. On that note... Again, we're back. Sunday Night Showdown. 
Oh, myself. I think the trade dog is still on the line with us. Obviously, Mark, Mark the Shark DiCarlo had to uh, take his hiatus. And um, I want to open up the phone lines. Again, you can reach us at 501-588-7957. If you have a question, if you have a thought on the pay-per-view, um, we'll give you some limited time to call in. And, uh, you know, if you have a question, just ask it, and we'll uh, we'll get it to you after the fact. But uh, with that said, let's go to the phone lines right here on Sunday Night Showdown. Welcome to the program. Who's this? This is I'm Paying for Pride. Hey, what's up, man? And um, I not much, just hanging around here. And I was just thinking about the whole Daniel Bryan or Lee thing. That was more retarded than freaking Blink the Clown. <laughs> and um, I just thought it was stupid. And if I'm just saying, um, if they had the big fat DX dude running out there, the only big fat dude, and that's not PG. Right. I mean, if that's PG, and they have him choking him off the necktie, and that's PG. So I mean, what's the point in just releasing Daniel Bryan? It was just retarded, and I expected it. Well, <clears throat> you've got a point there. Uh, again, I wanna I wanna thank you for the call. Um, as far as that is concerned, and we'll give you the answer, just kind of listen on the player. Um, as far as that's concerned, the reason they fired Daniel Bryan was mainly due to the fact that it was kind of a situation similar to uh, Chris Benoit. You know, he obviously, you know, killed his wife and his son, uh, and there was, you know, a strangulation involved in that death. And the fact that Justin Roberts was strangled on live TV was the thing that really stood out. And that's the main reason that they had to, or they felt the need to get rid of Daniel Bryan. So I understand your point, but yeah, that's that's really where that situation takes off. It, it deals with the uh, the Chris Benoit situation. I mean, they're very what sensitive. This, three, what is this, six months ago? Yeah, exactly. Well, wasn't there like a part two, like didn't he spit and see in his face or something? Or He did, actually. Yeah. To, to get the angle over, he did spit and see in his face. Why he was let go, in my opinion... <laughs> In my opinion, thank you, Trey. It was all a work anyway. You know they knew that yeah, from it was day all one. Well, well, at the same time, though, why let him work independent shows where he's risking injury? Well, I don't know. Again, to, to sell the fact that it's a work. True. So on, the same reason they're going to let him go ahead and do some other shows while he's under their contract. Exactly. Well, just be happy that he's going to take the United States Championship away from the Miz in about two weeks at Night of Champions. I hope so. And and I said this before we get to our next caller. This is the prediction that, that I'm making right now. With them wanting to unify the belts, which I'm all for, I kind of see when Caval decides to cash in his title shot, it ain't going to be for the World Heavyweight Championship or the WWE Championship. I figure he'll go after Dolph Ziggler and take that Intercontinental title off of Dolph Ziggler. I figure... Brian Danielson or, or Daniel Bryan is going to take the U.S. title from The Miz. And when it comes time for a title unification, we're going to have Caval and Daniel Bryan and what would be match of the year candidate right there. Well, if they allowed them more than seven or eight minutes to do it. I mean, if TNA won't let Samoa Joe have an ROH match, then Vince McMahon isn't going to go to say to Caval and Daniel Bryan, have an eight-minute ROH match. He's not. I, I don't think he's going to do it. There was somebody in the chat room that was talking that they should save that for Caval versus Daniel Bryan versus whatever Tyler Black turns into. And I thought that was a great idea. But um, I didn't get a chance to see NXT. I mean, Caval wins. We all thought that uh, that 
Caval would not win, that either Michael McGillicuddy would win or Alex uh -oh. Riley would uh -oh. win. Excuse me. Well, Trey I, Dog had Caval. Did you have Caval, Trey Dog? He did. I oh, had okay. Caval. Okay, well then, Trey, how did you feel being the only one in the IWC that was correct about that? Um, like a million bucks, like I always do. <laughs> but, well, how was that NXT show? Oh, it was good. It was a lot better than the first one, I thought. It was good till the ending. The ending was shit. What about yeah. the 6'9 chick that uh, is supposed to be part of week or season three, but they've already fired her? Yeah, I she, think it's a storyline. Oh, it is, absolutely. I think it is, too, but I'm also hearing reports that she's not ready for that. I mean, she's... Other well, no, she's already she's already talking shit in a feud with Beth Phoenix on Twitter. Oh, well, maybe oh, that's man. what it is. I just know that, you know, from the reports I gathered was that, you know, the only reason she was going to be on there was because she was 6'9". So, well, that they may think she's so big, she doesn't need to go through NXT to get here. Now, I I think it's more of a performance issue. I mean, the fact that, you know, just because the great Kali is seven feet tall doesn't make him a great worker either. You know, well, no. have have the uh, have the members of NXT season two joined the Nexus yet? Or are we going to have that on Monday? No, they've started their own group. Apparently, maybe it's called the Genesis. Look for them on the mm -hmm. SmackDown near you. Sounds good to me. You know, Smackdown the, the genesis of McGillicuddy. This moment, <laughs> from this moment on, from this moment, the genesis. From this moment. Of McGillicuddy. How many times did he say moment in that little, like, it was like five times. Well, he, he was having a moment where he was stuck on the word moment. Well, it was live, too. It was, right. it was a live at, at version. At that moment, they were live, yes. Yes, and that was the problem. He obviously couldn't get over this moment. The moment. Yes. Well, yeah, at least he wasn't having a movement while he was talking about the moment. No, he created a movement after the moment. Right, and we are they. With Genesis. <laughs> Damn, you beat so, me to it. So, you know, their their whole theme song should be something by Phil Collins and Genesis. You know, maybe Land of Confusion, maybe Invisible Touch. I, I don't know. I, we could go down the list of a Genesis songs and, you know, figure something out for them. Groovy kind of love. Gro groovy kind of love. Yes, love. yes. Uh, that, to <laughs> me, that segment was just absolute crap at the end. I mean, you had Alex Riley jumping on Percy Watson when they should have been jumping on Caval. It didn't make any sense. I mean, it was just... And then you had the WWE referees pushing everybody, like MVP and all the, the pros, out of the way so these guys could beat the crap out of Caval. I, it just... It was awful. Absolutely awful. But on that note... Let's get to this call on the line. Welcome to uh, to the show. Who's this? Hey, what's going on? This is Mr. Soul. Hey, Soul. What's going on, my brother? Not much, man. Um, I have a question about uh, TNA. As far as um, them not being on this week, is that a sign of the TV station like Spike? Is it a sign of them not being faithful in the, in the promotion anymore? No, I, I wouldn't say that. Um this is a case where I think there's so much anticipation this week, guys, for the Vikings and the Saints that they realize that this is a similar audience. I mean, a lot of other stations that cater to different people are not changing their schedules, but the fact that Brett Favre is making his 48th retirement return against the defending champions is a huge game, and they don't want to get TNA to be embarrassed by a horrible rating, which is what Tony O said in the chat room. However, I think Spike dropped the ball by not putting them on Wednesday, especially if TNA had informed Spike that there was going to be this huge no-contest world championship un unbelievable situation that 
they need an immediate follow-up on. The fact that I, Impact's not I, I on Wednesday... Got more to do with, I think it's got more to do with something else than that. Well, apparently it's just some movie that they're, that they're playing on Spike. And so, like I said, the fact that they're not on Wednesday, to me, is, is asinine. Well, I wouldn't change their day. I'd just take them off, too. No, but w- Wednesday for one week only, I mean. Well, I wouldn't, yeah, but still, I wouldn't change the day. I'd just say, hey, you know, if that's the case, do an internet-only show. But if it was me, I wouldn't take them off the air anyway. The show must go on. I mean, we're going to start pulling Monday Night Raw whenever we have good Monday Night Football matchups? No. So why move TNA? It's stupid. No, I. you know what? I I, I want to first off, thanks, uh, Mr. Soul, for, for calling in and asking the questions. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh! As far as, as far as my take on it, I mean... It kind of makes me wonder if maybe there's a little bit of lack of faith. I mean, considering the the buy rates have been down, I really want to see what this one does because I'm not giving it more than seven thousand. Granted, the I Quit match and Angle and Hardy was off the charts. Yeah, you know, even even De Niro and Anderson was good, but the first half of that show was abysmal. The fact that it's on a Labor Day weekend of all weekends. Well, I really don't see this pay-per-view doing very well. See, see that there's another follow-up to Mr. Soul's question is, why did they schedule it this weekend on a Labor Day long weekend versus uh, September, not, not that there's anything to do with it, but September 11th. Why? Because that's the opening of the NFL season. And then the 18th is, the, uh, is WWE. And if you go to the 25th, then you could have never booked Bound for Glory on October 10th. So basically... I think both of these are decisions are because of football. And, I mean, why do you think Major League Baseball uh, pushes Sunday night baseball to ESPN2 instead of the main ESPN channel once the NFL kicks in? It's because they don't want their main show to, to take a huge ratings hit. It's, it, well, the NFL rules everything, Trey Dog, and you would know that better than the two of us up here on the other side of the, of the border. I tell you what, I'll do my very best to get a direct answer from somebody as I just received an email as we speak. Jeremy Borash is going to come on and answer our TNA questions in two weeks on Wrestling News Live. That's fantastic news. I look forward to that. So we actually do have another caller on the, uh, on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who's this? Hey, JJ, this is TM Bronx from the chat room. How you doing? Hey, man, good to finally talk to you, man. Welcome to the family. Same here, man. Same here, man. Finally got a, you know, night where I don't got to work the next day, so I figured I'd call in. Um, You know, I mentioned this in the chat room. Uh, A, I think canceling the show shows weakness. I mean, okay, yeah, the NFL rules all. But if you're a guy on the East Coast like me, I mean, I'm Jets Giants, man. You know, I, there are people all over the country who may be into football, man, but maybe isn't into those two teams. Uh, if we're to have faith in this company, which I do, I'm a big TNA supporter, you know, you, you gotta, you got to be strong, man. You can't just say, well, anytime there's a, you know, big-time movie or big-time sporting event going against us, you know, we're going to cut the show. I mean, come on, man, you got to show guts. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if... I'm sorry, and you know, after what happened with Raw, where they, you know, basically stayed on for a month or two and then left, it, 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 you know, just doesn't show a lot of, uh, it doesn't show a lot of gumption on their part. That's it. Well, you know what? I think you're absolutely right. When it comes to them going against Raw, seven, excuse me, nine to eleven Eastern, and then 
8 to 10 Eastern. That showed a hell of a lot of guts. That showed a hell of a lot of guts. Unfortunately, in the death of TNA book that's going to be written one of these days, that's going to be a, a major chapter. Why would they take such a stupid risk? But at the same time, they wanted to build an audience on a familiar evening. And once they realized it wouldn't work, they pushed back to Thursdays. I mean, I think in their personal opinions, not from the IWC, but from their opinion, they're going to say, you know what, that was a risk we had to take, and it doesn't work, so you just think of another idea. And it it took a hell of a lot of guts, but at the same time, I mean, NBC deliberately builds the defending, the, the, the new game of the the first game of the new season is always the defending champions hosting a major opponent. So um, I'd, I'd really be interested to see what happened in 2009. If Im- I believe Impact went on that night, but if they had a horrible rating compared to all those other weeks, then maybe this isn't such a horrible decision because especially with a pay-per-view follow-up, you want people to be interested. But, I mean, if they drew a .4 and drew .9s every other week in September then maybe they're learning from 2009. Somebody in the chat room will probably be able to, uh, or somebody in the IWC will probably be able to research that, what they what they drew against the NFL kickoff game last year. But, I mean, th- we're just on, on one theory, of course. I mean, yeah, it, 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 could, it could definitely be something else that we, you know, might not even know about. There could be another reason behind it. I mean, you know, who the heck knows? Knowing them, it could end up being a, a storyline. You know, we, we, we weren't on TV last week, and, you know, we're ticked off about it. Who knows, man? Maybe a, a network thing like in the old ECW. But thank you, guys, and you have a good evening. Thanks, man. I'm glad you called. Finally glad to talk to you there, Bronx. Okay, brother. Thank you so much, man. You guys are great, and I will keep listening. Thanks. All right, man. Appreciate it, brother. Well, I mean, and it, right, good night. Even the result of the match, the, the preset booking of Kurt Angle... If he loses, he retires. That's why it's a no contest instead of a warning the match to Jeff Hardy, which is why they should have never set the retirement stipulation to begin with. Jeremy Borash posted on Twitter just a little while ago that Kurt Angle was hurt with a cut backstage and Jeff Hardy has a dislocated rib from his swanton to Angle on the floor. Well, I thought Kurt Angle really overcut himself after the uh, after the, 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 the spot on the... Steel steps. Well, they're 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 kind of making it look like both guys were too banged up to continue at that point. Well, we'll see. Any any other uh, word from Twitter on uh, on the Nightheart situation? Um, not as of yet, but I just started scrolling down. So, all right. Well, thanks to Latino Seven One Eight who who uh, gate gave us that information, or else we wouldn't have been able to break it here on uh, on the SNS Radio Network. Well, you know, still, I I don't want to comment too much on it, but no, uh, no, no, we won't. But uh, that sucks to fucking hear. On that note, we actually yeah, do have it's a, on it's on Twitter. Oh yeah, I, I it's what I heard. Uh, moving on, we actually have a caller on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who's this? Hey guys, what's up? This be the, this be the sensational Sean from Unplugged every Tuesday right here on the SNS Network. Well, at least at least for a couple more weeks, right? Yeah, at least for two more weeks, then I'm gone. <laughs> What's on your mind? How's it going? Um, actually, I missed. Uh, I got home a little late. Got home about eight, eight forty-five, nine o'clock. Missed the entire pay-per-view up until Jarrett Joe versus Nash and Sting. Uh, what happened before? I kind of, I kind of get want to get brought uh, up on what's going on. Well, let me run it down for you and for others who may have missed it. 
Uh, the Motor City Machine Guns defeated Generation Me in a kind of come-see-come-saw kind of world tag team match. Uh, Douglas Williams defeated Sabu in a singles match for the uh, to defend successfully his TNA X Division title. Velvet Sky over Madison Rain in a very not good match at all. Uh, Abyss over Rhino in the Falls Count Anywhere. We saw Janice, but uh, did, fortunately didn't didn't see uh, Janice be used. And she looks so sexy. <laughs> well, I mean, Rhino and Abyss uh, went through one uh, part of the of the stage near where the ramp is, worked their way all the way around, and came through the other side. So TNA is going to have to repair a couple of walls in the impact zone before they tape. Uh, impact tomorrow night. H- and then of hang, course, on, hang on before you go any further. I just want to put it out there. Uh, I'll be checking emails in a few minutes. If you guys want to get, uh, if you're not getting through on the phone lines, obviously, because I'm getting <laughs> blown up with phone calls, uh, you can also send us an email at Sunday Night Showdown at Yahoo.ca, and I'll get to those here in just a few moments. But continue. Hey, Dave. before you continue, yep. Um, everybody wants some further information of what's going to happen next. Go to www.bfgpayperview, that's bfgppv.com. The wallpaper for Bound for Glory is Hardy, Angle, and Anderson standing oh, together. Boy. So it looks like we might have a triple threat after all. Yes. Yeah, it looks you know like it. You know what's going to happen. It, it was, I mean, just for the match they had tonight, I mean, I'll watch, I mean. Okay, I think we lost the sensational Sean. I think we did too. Yeah. Um, once again, just oh, uh, J- Jarrett and Joe over Sting and Nash. AJ made Tommy Dreamer say "I quit." Kurt Angle and Jeff Hardy uh, was a no contest after 20 minutes of regulation and 10 minutes of overtime. And uh, Mr. Anderson over D'Angelo De Niro. Sean, are you still there? I'm here. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you faded out there for a second. So, what was your what was your question basically? I was wondering how the uh, how the the Abyss Rhino match went because I was kind of curious on how they would do that. I mean, I haven't watched TNA in a, in a few weeks. I mean, I don't get a chance to watch it every Thursday because a few other things are on that I want to watch. But I was kind of curious because I'm always a fan of uh, watching Abyss go out there and do hardcore match styles. Well, basically, Abyss and Rhino went to the backstage area. They went through catering and through the uh, area where the backstage interviews are done. And then work their way, like I said, uh, through one of the walls near the uh, near the rampway, went underneath the entrance gimmick, and busted through the other wall, and um, and then eventually, Abyss hit Rhino with two or three black hole slams, no tacks, no glass, no blood, no nothing, and Abyss did get the victory. See, I. I like when Abyss brought out the tax. Uh, I think you see the glass used that often, but I mean, with the new the new style they're doing with Abyss that I've seen, I think the glass would work perfectly for him. I mean, maybe a mixture of the glass and the tax at the same time. But um, that's just me. I kind I kind of like the way they're doing the new Abyss, and I'm kind of curious to see who this new they is when they come in. Whenever ten well, ten. Trade dog, didn't you already answer that question? Yeah, we uh, we actually know who they are. Well, who's they? We are they. We are they. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that crap is, them. Then, <laughs> who them is? Then. Oh no, it's um, Carlito and the world's greatest tag team. Yes, because that's going to make Which an impact. Ma- Mickey James. That would make no sense at all. <laughs> Mickey James and the Hurricane, 
And you know, you talked about you talked about how uh, Tara got no response, revealing herself as the biker chick. Yeah, no. I have the I have a gut feeling that tells me when they started that storyline, they had full intentions of that being Mickey James. Wouldn't it if it was Mickey James? Wouldn't it have been better if she would have showed up in a pickup truck and not on a fucking motorcycle? Well, but the thing about it is, is that you know Tara and Madison Rain. Madison's the one that put Tara out. Now they're buddies. Makes no sense. Exactly. I think what was the uh, what was the interview, which was completely asinine on reaction, was uh, I, Madison said, "I have complete respect for Tara because I eliminated her," and Tara's like. Well, she, if she could beat me, then she's certainly somebody I can respect. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? That was no follow-up to what was supposed to be a huge, huge reveal. I'm yeah. telling you, it was supposed to be Mickey, and she turned him down. She's not ready to go there yet. Well, that, you know, she is actually putting on Twitter that she's wanting people to, to give her feedback on whether she should go or not. So, Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where... It, she's going to go no matter what. I mean, they're going to offer her the right amount of money because I don't know if you guys saw some news this week or not, but apparently TNA is going to be cutting some people very soon. And um, They cut some people gonna... tonight. Did you see them bleed in the ring? <laughs> I missed half the show. What do you think? Yeah, I guess. But um, they're going to cut people, and then all of a sudden they're going to have all this money and say, hey, Mickey, you want this? Come on. You know you want it. And she's going to come and say, hey, there's my money. There's God my damn. paycheck right Pornos there. Pornos start off like that, Sean. <laughs> Wait, a minute. Wait a minute. Did, did I just could say something be, about Mickey James and a porno? Any more t- could there be any more pay-per-view post shows? I don't know. There might be. Uh, there's there's quite a Jeez. few going on right now. I'm just, I'm just doing overtime. <laughs> wow. Why? What's going on on other comment? shows? My whole fucking Twitter page is come listen to our shit. Oh, really? Yeah. From about ten different people, ten different shows. I'm like, God damn. It happens. But you're listening to the best right now, so don't even worry about those other people. Oh, we are the best. We are they. <laughs> and they is us. <laughs> no, they are them. We are they. They are them. We are they. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. I, all of a sudden, I, I want to take the fucking Nexus theme song. We are they. We are they. We are they. It's awesome. You You do that. You and they that. are gay. And them are gay. That's right. All right, Sean, get the fuck out of here, man. We'll talk to you later. Um, okay. Uh, Tuesday, <laughs> unplugged, 10, 1130. Uh, quick yeah, Madden review. I'm going to. I'm going to play Call of Duty. I, I can but... neither confirm nor deny that Sean will be on the show this Tuesday. <laughs> no, it's it's two weeks from now. It's two weeks from now. We, we can't confirm or deny I'll be back. I can but... neither confirm nor deny that Sean will be back on the program at all. <laughs> Get the fuck out yes, of here. I, I got fired. Y'all have a good night. Peace. Good night. Bye. God damn. I tell you what. I got to go, boys. All right, Trey. We'll talk to you later. I'm just okay. going to wrap things up anyway. All right. Y'all be good. Thanks, right. Trey. Dog. Later. All right. Well, they is. Up, yo? Who is they and they is us? No, we are they. We are they. Bottom line. That's that's how it comes down. Not we is they, like I thought about earlier. No, it's not we is they. On no. that note, we actually do have a call coming in. Uh, welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who's this? What's up, man? It's Trent Phoenix, a.k.a. the Half Mage. Mage, what the fuck's up, man? You know, not much, man. Just the usual stuff with me. Cool, yeah. cool. So what did you think of the pay-per-view tonight? 
numbers are. What am I saying? I didn't even watch it. I just started watching when I heard what was going on with Jeff Hardy and Kurt Angle. Match of the fucking year, man. Awesome. I thought it was going to suck, so I didn't watch it until that point. I tell you what, man. Oh, until that point. Until that point, it it wasn't very good. But Hardy and and, uh, Mr. Or, excuse me, Hardy and Angle, fantastic tonight. One of the best matches I've seen in a while. Took some serious fucking hits, man. Fucking the powerbomb that Kurt Angle gave Jeff Hardy. Sick as shit. Well, I'm surprised Borash isn't selling the uh, the supposed concussion issue if if he's selling a fractured rib on on Jeff Hardy. But like, sell the fucking concussion from the first two minutes of the match. Yeah. Well, he so did. I he did. Have... Go ahead. Sorry, Mage. Uh, I actually have some info for you guys. Well, you know you're talking about why TNA is getting bumped this week. Yeah. Well, apparently, apparently. Not only is it because of the NFL game, but Spike TV has decided they'd rather show a gangland marathon this Thursday night. Well, it's like it's like Mr. Soul had said. Do, do we feel like maybe they're losing a little bit of faith in the TNA product? And it kind of you know well, makes me wonder if you're going to have a gangland marathon, you know, and you're not going to have your show that supposedly does high ratings on your network. That's not a good sign. I mean, let's face it. I really want to see what the buy rate for this pay-per-view is. I will be surprised if it gets over 7,000. So I'm giving it a 7,000. Based really, on the date. Based on the day and based on, you know, the, the promotion going into it. And, you know, based on the fact that last month we had Hardcore Justice, which drew in a little over 22,000 buys, I really don't think this one is going to do as high. I, I just don't. And I want it to prove me wrong. I want TNA to prove me wrong. I want to see if it does. But I don't think it's going to. Well, I don't think one bump is meaning that the TNA spike deal is not as solid as it was before they announced this bump. But, like I said, I mean, if you have real faith in the show, you put it on the Wednesday, especially when it's a pay-per-view follow-up, and you're building as a company to your WrestleMania. You need as many minutes on television and as many um, viewers watching those minutes on television as possible because you want your bound for glory super bowl pay-per-view to to be the best of the year and you need the most people watching it look tna is a good promotion it has decent talent but as everyone says tna has three major problems that needs to be solved they have no booking the booking is is horrible that's they, the advertising, there's no advertising. And they need to stop putting so much emphasis on Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff, and Dixie Carter. I mean, they start off the show almost every week, one of those three, and they usually end it every week. So they need to just stop putting Dixie Carter on TV altogether. But you can, they can put Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff on, but not as much as they have been. Well, I would say as a group of three, if you total them all up, they may have been too many. Uh, um, what Dixie Carter needs to not appear on television. I mean, she she's not getting nervous. She's not having to do her her interviews in front of the uh, the crowd at the Impact Zone ten times because she always muffles up the lines. So I mean, she's got that kind of confidence and and that awareness, but she shouldn't be promoted as the 
person making all the decisions. Like Rick uh, Hulk Hogan's like, well, I'm gonna. I work for Dixie Carter, and it's always my decision. I mean, Dixie Carter suspends Ric Flair for 60 days, and and Hulk Hogan walks in and cancels that because they want Ric Flair to suffer. Ric Flair, who did not uh, accompany AJ Styles to the ring tonight for his I Quit match against Tommy Dreamer, which is kind of a surprise. But it's a case where, yeah, less Dixie, but I, I like hearing from the authority figure at least about once once per week once per show like you you heard from vince usually about once per show back in the old days so let's get an update on everything that's going on like i said about once once per show no matter no matter who it is but like i said why hire bischoff and and hogan to make the if you're not going to use them and let and and let dixie do everything jj no, I mean, that's that's a good point. Uh, is there anything else, Paige, before we kind of wrap things up? No, nah, man, that's pretty much it for me. All right, cool, man. Well, I look forward to talking to you soon, and I, I don't know if you saw or not, but uh, you did fairly well in the uh, the SCWE Fed this past weekend. Uh, my laptop is kind of slow with YouTube, but I never get an opportunity to watch. So I just watch the recap normally. Well, you, you, you lost in the end to the Anarchist, who's moved on to the finals, but you did make it to the semifinals, so you did well, my friend. Ah. Well, that's just the brotherhood right there, man. You know, blacks are always on top. That's right, man. the WWE, of course. <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk to you soon, Mage. All right. Peace. All right. On that note, guys, we're done taking the phone calls. I'm going to run to the email here and pull up some stuff and see what we have. Uh, I know we have an email from a uh, longtime listener, Anthony Pereira. Hey there, everyone on Sunday Night Showdown. I'm just uh, emailing. Are Sorry. You... I was like, what the fuck are you doing over there, Dave? I'm playing with my mic. I see that. Thank you for that for that nice noise distraction. Hey, over there. hey, everyone on Sunday Night Showdown. I'm just emailing to give my thoughts about the TNA pay-per-view and some other things. Is it just me or does it seem that TNA is considered... That TNA considered this pay-per-view almost an afterthought. If you look at it, they focused more attention on next month's pay-per-view, Bound for Glory, and even promoted it more than No Surrender. Most of the matches felt as though they were simple, thrown together, because they needed a match. The I Quit tag title and two semifinal matches look like they could be entertaining, but doesn't mean I'm going to go ahead and order the pay-per-view. One more thing before I end this email... I know that this must have already been discussed on the other shows in the network, but I want to give my opinion about WWE possibly unifying some of their titles. I'm okay with the tag and women's divas uh, title being each being one belt since there isn't enough competition on each brand to justify having two different titles. The Intercontinental and United States titles should probably stay separate since it will give the people on each brand who are close to being in the main event picture something to go after and test them so they can uh, carry a title. As for the two world titles, I'm undecided since there are pros and cons and unifying them into one title. Uh, that's all for my email. Can't wait to hear your guys' opinions on the show until I email you again. See ya. And, of course, uh, that was Anthony. So as far as I'm concerned, I agree with some of your points. I, but I honestly feel like if you unify the two world titles, which it looks like they're going to do at WrestleMania 27, and i got to be honest, I'm thinking it's going to be Taker and Cena. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. And either the streak ends and Cena beats him, 
or Undertaker goes over, but as banged up as he is, I think Taker's ready to quit. I mean, if anybody, if there's one guy out there that would be bred to break the streak, it's the superhuman John Cena against the man who used to be superhuman, the Undertaker. I mean, that to me, that has the implications written all over it. Yeah, John C- if John Cena faces the Undertaker at WrestleMania and ends his streak, he goes into the stratosphere. You might as well book him for the Hall of Fame. He can retire the day after because his career is set in stone. And that's that centralized character you've always been talking about. Uh, like I said, the rumor I'm hearing is is the World Heavyweight Champion versus the WWE Champion versus the Royal Rumble winner in a three-way dance main event at WrestleMania 27 in Atlanta at the Georgia Dome. And that could be very interesting, too, depending on how they build the Royal Rumble. But uh, as I said earlier, the uh, the world titles being merged is not a horrible thing. I just wish they would not merge the United U.S. and Intercontinental titles because if you're not in world title contention, you just go out and wrestle matches. Who cares if you win? Who cares if you lose? Because there's no goal to achieve. Yeah, you can win an individual feud that might be built up, but you're not building anything. And it's the same thing as I said with, with TNA. It took them a, a long time to introduce that legend slash global slash world television title and i mean maybe aj's not the right guy to hold it because he should be in the world title contendership but that's something for people to achieve that's something for matt morgan or maybe now d'angelo de Niro or individually the members of beer money or something like that to to go after because like i said it's obvious in tna if you're not part of the group of of world title contenders what the hell have you been wrestling for for the last five years? And when it comes to the TNA show tonight, Anthony uh, said everything and agreed with everything I, I have been saying regarding that. As you'll recall, before the Elimination Chamber concept came up in WWE, they kind of considered No Way Out the the make it or, the, the throwaway show that was already part of the contract. Like, it, when they signed a new contract with these... DirecTV and Dish Network and all these people, they may just take out that February show because it's completely unnecessary to build between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania and the pay-per-view buys just probably don't justify the business. And to, for TNA, a lot of people were like, well, why would you have the semifinals at No Surrender and the finals at Bound for Glory? Because you need people to order the September pay-per-view prior to Bound for Glory. And I mean, yeah, you could have had the world title match there uh, tonight they could have had the world title match tonight and put the tournament matches all one week prior but i in, i like the way that they did this where there were two matches to tune into rather than just one and they should have done a better job at filling building a three-hour card versus just promoting two matches but to me the date is a much bigger issue than the uh th- than the lack of star power on this show but i mean like i said suddenly uh, Tommy Dreamer is facing AJ Styles in an I Quit match. I mean, the women's match tonight, which was terrible, should have been for the belt. And then once Angelina Love defeated Madison Rain, then Madison is no longer under consideration. Maybe it'll be Tara and Angelina at Bound for Glory, which would be fantastic because they always have great matches. But uh, no, Anthony, you you were right on par with every single point in that email. 
Well, you know, as far as my perceptions on unifying, uh, you know, the tag belt, I think, is, is a must because you don't have a tag team division on two different shows. And that was part of the reason they unified those titles in the first place. I'm fine with that. The women's division needs to be unified. The world title picture needs to be unified because, let's face it, when they first did the brand split, it was supposed to be that whoever was the champion could go to either brand. And you could still build feuds that way. As far as... The Intercontinental and U.S. title, I'll be honest, I would prefer to see those belts uh, stay separate because I think you need a mid-card champion on, on each brand. If Unless you're ending the brand split and you're making yep. Raw and SmackDown a continuation of one brand, then you don't need those two mid-card titles. If you're going to keep the brand split going, then you obviously should keep a mid-card title on either show. But if you do want to unify the brands, then I'm all for it. Absolutely. I think that you yeah. need to bring some credibility back to those belts. Well, if you end the brand split, SmackDown becomes relevant because people want to see part one on Raw, part two on SmackDown, and part three on Raw because you don't want to see part one and then part three. You want to see what happens in the middle. But at the same time, if they merge the the brands and end the split, let's say at WrestleMania 27, to me, the day after, they cut 30% of their talent. Because you need to have Cena appear on both shows and Undertaker, let's say, appear on both shows and Triple H appear on both shows and Randy Orton and Sheamus. So you, you're not going to have time for the primos and the uh, and <clears throat> and maybe the John Morrisons or or the R-Truths who have a job. At, for, certain wrestlers have a job in WWE because there's two separate brands. And like I said, you wouldn't need... 30% of your roster if you wouldn't need half a Nexus if you had one brand that had four hours of programming every week. Well, yeah, and see, that that's a big problem. I mean, obviously, we want guys to work and get a paycheck. I mean, I was never for the brand split, you know, being Raw and SmackDown. I always thought they really fucked up by not keeping WCW around. They could have made it two separate brands as opposed to, you know, two separate shows. But, I mean, that's not how they did it. And I want to thank Anthony for the email. I do have another email in the box here. Let's go to that. Uh, and this is from the Anarchist in the EFED. Um, do you think they should have Pope versus whoever loses between Angle Hardy as a number one contenders match at Bound for Glory? That way you get the one-on-one -on -one final, and the loser can go over Pope and get a title shot after we could see a rematch at the next pay-per-view and sell it as a no-time-limit match. The Anarchist, your next SCD, SCW TV champion. Well, based on what the trade dog told us about the poster for promotions regarding Bound for Glory, it is Anderson and Hardy and Angle, which means it's a three-way dance. And to me, where the, where the Pope has his Bound for Glory match, maybe he challenges AJ Styles for the world television title because AJ was his main nemesis when he got hurt after that first tournament back in March or February. And that would be the logical spot for him. However, nobody expected a three-way dance before about two hours ago when that match concluded between Jeff Hardy and, and Kurt Angle. So if, if it were up to me, it would be Pope and, and AJ for the, for the television belt or somebody attacks Pope and, and uh, we uh, we start a brand new feud within what four weeks of their next pay per view. 
Well, I got to be real honest. I'm not real high on the fact that you're going to have a three-way dance at Bound for Glory if that is, in fact, the route that they're going. I still say that with Kurt Angle busted open the way that he was, I'm sorry, the way they broke it up, I think Hardy should have went over. It just it makes sense from a from a standpoint, you know, especially since they tried to incorporate a more MMA style ending into that match. I just felt like with the blood loss going on, uh, you know, it would have been smart to say, okay, Kurt, well, you've lost the match because of the blood loss. You cannot continue this match. Again, it gives Kurt the opportunity to say, well, I didn't give up. I wasn't pinned. I did not submit. I'm not going to retire. Yeah. And you move into the obvious Mr. Anderson, Jeff Hardy main event for Bound for Glory where Mr. Anderson would turn on Jeff Hardy, take it to the heel level, and become the new TNA world champion. So, yeah, and I mean, just a quick question for Mac Daddy in the chat room. Do you think EV2 versus Fortune is over with? To me, it hasn't really gotten started yet. You haven't really involved um, in a, in actual matches, Beer Money or, or Matt Morgan or any of the guys outside of Tommy Dreamer. But to me, they have, I, I mean, they had that eight-man elimination match on on Impact, which was excellent for what those wrestlers could do. But it, it's just getting started, but hopefully, and it better end at Bound for Glory with EV2 finally having their swan song and just disappearing. If if they have to go through 18 uh, <clears throat> broken glass flaming tables to, to finish this angle, that's what they have to do, but then bye-bye after that. Well, I, I tell you, as far as that is concerned, um, this Fortune you know, EV 2.0 storyline that's going on, I honestly, and I said this earlier in the program, for those of you who might have missed it, I'm not buying AJ as that main event heel. As much as, you know, I can appreciate the work he's put into it, as much as I can appreciate the promos and everything that he's done with Ric Flair, when I look at AJ Styles, I still see the baby face of the company, the guy that, you know, chases the world title, the guy that's always in the, you know, always doing that. I, I just don't see him as the heel. I don't think it's working for him. And I would love for them to have some type of storyline angle where maybe, maybe, you know, AJ feels sympathy for some of the EV, you know, 2.0 guys. Maybe Fortune takes it to the extreme, you know, and really starts crippling these guys and hurting them. And maybe AJ has second thoughts. And then Kazarian and the rest of the group turn on AJ and cast him away from Fortune. And then you have the AJ Styles either forming his own little group and going after Fortune, you know, where he's the top baby face in the company. That's the kind of role that I want to see AJ Styles in. I don't want to see him as the head guy of Fortune. I, I just, to me, it's not working. That's just my opinion. He still does a lot of the high spots that a face would do. You're Traditionally, when you have a heel, they do a lot of bumping. A lot of bumping. Yeah, well, I would certainly think that probably the way that they would break off AJ would be that the fortune would lose tag matches and six mans or or whatever and and that even though it wasn't his fault rick flair would would blame aj in every case and then aj would get so tired of rick flair blaming him for something he didn't do then that would be the big aj uh turnaround and smackdown on on rick flair to say fuck you i'm well, done yeah. and, and so. i mean that's that's something they toyed around with early on with the whole kazarian rick flair aj angle you know, let's go back to that. Let's go back to them having their their issues and that ultimately leading 
to you know AJ being kicked out of the group. Now, before we end the show, there's a couple things that I want to I want to bring to light. First of all, I want to send out a congratulations um, to Jeff Jarrett and his new bride. Uh, the former Karen Angle, who became Karen Jarrett last week. So congratulations to Jeff and Karen. I uh, hope happiness follows you where you go, and hopefully Kurt is okay with it now. So my congratulations and kudos go out to you guys. Um, another thing that I wanted to bring up, and you know, TM Bronx brought this up, that apparently the WWE has taken down the Where Are They Now link that links to Luna Vachon, uh, obviously because she passed away of a drug overdose. I mean... It's sad to know that Luna uh, ha- has passed. It's sad to know that it was from drug use, but at the same time, um, you have to go and look at it from the point of view that she her house got burned down. I mean, obviously her life was not in a very good spot, and it's sad that it happened. I think it's more uh, of an abomination that the WWE refuses to acknowledge Luna's accomplishments and the fact that she worked for the company and I have a problem with that. And no Bronx. Jeff is not a homewrecker. Because as I recall, uh, Kurt Angle was fucking rock a con right after his breakup with Karen Angle. So if he can go out and fuck other people, then why the hell can't Karen Angle fuck around with Jeff Jarrett? Think about it. Well, you know what? I mean, I think I can see Vince McMahon and Linda McMahon's justification for removing her. I mean, it's a case where anything drug-related is something they want to stay away from in a PG running for Congress kind of kind of world that the WWE has now made it itself in 2010. And who knows? Like, worst case scenario, if this Nightheart thing proves true, they may take him off of, off of their legends list as well. Who knows? But the thing is that a lot of people's... When a lot of people pass away, it's how they died that is what's most memorable about them. Chris Benoit, I think like I've been watching fucking years worth of WCW watching a whole bunch of Chris Benoit matches, not, not remembering or not thinking about once about how he died. I just remembering him as a wrestler. I mean, like Elvis Presley, I don't remember about how he passed away. Um, Jim, but other people made might, how how do you remember Jim Morrison as the singer or as the guy who who died very early in life? Jim James Dean same kind of same kind of issue. So I mean, if if there's a bad way about how a person passes on passes on in the wrestling business, Vince McMahon doesn't want to have anything to do with the fact that people under his employ got hurt and needed to use painkillers or other kinds of drugs to to remove that pain. I mean. It, I, I I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can justify it in a in a publicly traded billion dollar corporation. Well, and DVE says it best in the chat. WWE gets dragged through the mud when there is a drug related pro wrestling death. I don't blame them for trying to distance themselves from this stuff. Uh, Fox News will make it their top story, and you're right, they will. But at the same time, I kind of think that your performers that sacrificed and gave their you know their blood and their sweat and their tears for you deserve a little bit of a memorial when they pass away, whether it's from drug use or whatever. It's, to me, that's a slap in the face to those people. But I understand your point as well. And that's just in any business. Anytime anybody does something wrong that's famous, the top news sites are right on it, 
and they're ready to smear the you know smear the reputation and get what they can out of it. Well, think about like Lindsay Lohan right now. Like all all that's been going on with her over the last couple of years has been rehab and drug issues and stuff. I mean, if you enjoyed Freaky Friday, that's probably not the first thing you're going to think about when you hear Lindsay Lohan. Wow, she was great in Freaky Friday. I really enjoyed that movie. That's not the first thing that comes to people's minds when you think about Lindsay Lohan. Hopefully she turns it around and has a, who knows, has a great career in the future. She was better in Georgia Rule, though. Did you see that movie? I, I did see that movie. Oh, okay. Well, um, it was one of those prerequisites, you know, a chick flick that you had to see with your wife. Right. Yeah. Well, th- well, think about Robert Downey Jr. I mean, with every successful movie he comes out with now, f- people forget more and more about the cocaine and about the, the rehab and all the troubles he's had. I mean, you ask people Robert Downey Jr. five years ago, what's the first thing you think of? Drug addict. You think of Robert Downey Jr. today, what's the first thing you think about? Iron Man. Iron Man 2. Uh, the movie where he got nominated uh, for the Academy Award in the Ben Stiller flick where they thought they were where he played the black guy uh, whatever that movie was oh, called oh 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 Tropical Thunder yeah Tropic Thunder I'm the dude playing the dude that's playing another dude <laughs> so it, it's all about per, I mean perception is reality somebody said famously one time and, and it's all it's all about what what's the first thing people think of when they think of a certain person like I said a lot of people think the first a lot of people say the first thing they think of when they think of Chris Benoit is killing his wife and his son. I don't. I think of tremendous fucking wrestler who was an absolute wonder in the ring. And then I think about killing his wife and his son afterwards. So it's all about perception and, and what a billion-dollar corporation wants in their public relations department. It is. Like I said, it's sad. Uh, my biggest complaint, well, obviously, was when Linda McMahon was asked about Lance Cade. You know, was, oh, I might have met him one time. You know, and, and I, as a wrestling fan, was put off by that. And I know Lance Cade's father was very disrespected, considering that he had been to some WWE functions. And she came up to him and knew him by name and, and everything else. I just felt like that was cold. That wasn't the smart thing for her to say. You know, granted, she could have said, yeah, I knew Lance. He was a good man. He was a great you know, father to his kids. He was a great husband to his wife. You know, his loss is, is uh, you know, very heartfelt. It's profound, and, and we will miss Lance. Something something respectful, not I might have met him one time, and it's not the WWE's fault that these people keep dying. I mean, to me, that's bullshit. That's low. And I really hope Linda doesn't win the fucking election. I, I, I had no problems with her until that comment was made. But, you know, she could burn in hell from now for all I give a fuck. I really don't care. And that's my opinion. And it might not be popular, but that's the way I feel about it. You know, I don't have to be fucking PC. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, like I said, who knows about the whole Benoit thing. I think what <clears throat> what Nowitzki said about the fact that the brain uh, sample said that he had the, the, brain capa- the brain function of an 85-year-old man with Alzheimer's. I mean, that's due to all the damage he took in the ring. So I'm not justifying anything, but I think just something went off in his head. And Well, it still doesn't justify then, the fact that, that he murdered his wife and no, his kid. No, absolutely not. And, and to me, his wrestling career is dead. It's sad because Benoit was one of my favorites. But the fact that he did what he did, I don't care what place he was in. It, 
It's unexcusable. You know, I have a three-year-old child. I could never in a million years, as mad as I get sometimes being a parent, you know, as mad as I get being married to Harmony, and I love her to death. Or having me as a co-host. You know, and even you as a (laughs) co-host. I love you like a brother, but sometimes I want to beat your ass. It's still 77 degrees in Orlando, by the way. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. But I would never feel the urge to kill my wife. I would never feel the urge to kill my daughter. I don't care what was going on with me. I, I just, I can't condone that. And, you know, that's, I just don't understand how that even comes into your head. And the fact that he killed her and waited the rest of the weekend before he killed his son. Like, dude, that fucking just screams of dementia. How do you do that? How do you do that? And so I can never forgive or condone or in any light say, oh, Chris Benoit was the greatest wrestler ever. Because everything he did prior to that means jack shit to me as a father when he killed his fucking kid. And that's where I stand on that. And on that note, I think it's time we end the show. We've gone a little extended, almost four hours tonight here on the SNS Radio Network for Sunday Night Showdown. And I kind of want to end the show. Uh, Obviously, we just saw No Surrender by TNA. And so I've got a great song that we're going to end with. You guys are going to love this. There was this little classic movie that came out in the 80s called No Retreat, No Surrender. And I'm taking you guys out to the main theme of No Retreat, No Surrender, a movie that featured Jean-Claude Van Damme. So with that said, guys, I will see you tomorrow night for Wrestling News Live, 1130 Eastern, myself and the Trey Dog. We are they, and they are them. Just remember that. Don't forget, also, Tuesday, I've got unplugged with the sensational Sean. Maybe. I can't confirm or deny that he'll be there. Obviously, we'll have another episode. (laughs) Obviously, we'll have another episode of MMA Now this Friday at your leisure. Uh, Tomorrow, I should also have the archive up when I get it from from our good friends at World Wrestling Revolution out of Dublin. Uh, They sent me an email and said it would be up on Monday, so I'll get that up as soon as possible. And uh, that's our week. In a nutshell. So I will see you guys again tomorrow. Wrestling News Live. Myself, the Trey Dog. On that note, hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great night, and I'll see you guys (laughs) later. No retreat. No surrender. Good night, everybody.